Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Oh yeah, yeah. that is do a little thing that interpretive dance during oh, yeah. the intro. If you uh, Minnesotan accents, exactly. If you're a Patreon donor at five dollars a month or more, you can see our head dancing. You can see how much hair I've had installed recently. <laughs> yeah, Amanda's drowning in hair, but it's <laughs> very so luscious. hair now, I love it. How well, long is it now? Really it's past your, long. It's past your bubbies. It's mermaid. And my natural hair is down to like here. Whoa, that's as long as I've ever seen it anyway, ever. naturally. Yeah, it's the longest I've ever had it. Can you tell uh. the difference when you're touching your hair if it's real or not real? No. Or if it's like it's yours or not real. yours? No, it's really well blended. It's also mostly not mine. <laughs> <laughs> My real hair is down to here, but there are exactly eight strands eight of it strands. that are this long. <laughs> exactly. But it's really long. My, mine is in it. a rat's nest at the top of my head. Oh, wow. I love your nest. I like that. You're getting patted down by TSA. Oh. I'm sorry. I got a phone call. I can't talk right now. <laughs> We're professional. Should we remind yeah. everyone to silence their cell phones <laughs> during did. recording? It's fine. No pets in the room. I'm looking at you, Ray. Ray is right there. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> Our whole when we recording to checklist. Implement, yeah, Out a recording the checklist. It's fine. We stuck with it. Whatever. Anyway, who are we? Oh, fuck it. I'm Kenyon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lucy. I'm Amanda. And we have a very special fan pick this week brought to you by Tammy Cuthrill? Cutthroat. Cut, cutthroat Tammy. Give him Cuthrell. I read it as Cuttrell, like Kim Cuttrell, Kim but maybe not. Cuthrell. Yeah. It's probably Cuttrell. I like Cutthroat best. Mm-hmm. So, Tammy, that is your new name. Yes. You're going to have to fill out a lot of paperwork. <laughs> Go to the social security office. <laughs> and Tammy has selected the topic of organ crimes, which we or I thought was very straightforward, one direction. But I was wrong. You were wrong. Turns out there are directions you can go. I didn't go in a different direction. I did. Although my ADHD did tempt me to throw all of my notes out the window and just talk about the musical instrument. Right. (laughs) Yeah, stealing a giant organ from Mm -hmm. like a church or something. That would be so good. But alas. Another weird thing that happened is that Tammy sent specific case ideas, like assigned to Amanda and assigned to me. But we were Mm -hmm. not informed of these until after we had already started our notes. But Mm -hmm. magically, both of us had had independently chosen what she had recommended for us. Yeah, Mm -hmm. which, as I said to Kenyon, is either like so in sync, witchy, wow, or we're just that deeply predictable. Yeah, exactly. 
It's a simulation. Well, Why not I, both? Don't, I don't know if you're really that predictable because Tammy is themselves a organ professional, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a renal nurse, so like a, a, a kidney nurse. Cool. cool. Mm-hmm. So not an orgontist. <laughs> not an orgontist. <laughs> okay. I no, an orgontist. Orgontist <laughs> is an origami professional. Oh. Orgontist is an organ Orgont. professional. Orgont. Orgontologist. Yeah. Orgontologist. I Got have it. a friend who, before he went to med school, now he's like a... Was an orgontologist. Now he's like a full-on doctor, I think. Who knows? They're like a million steps. They're always like, he I'm was in residency. A kidney. I'm in fellowship. <laughs> I'm in my first year of yeah. law. It's like, when are you just a... I'm rushing. When are you just a doctor? I'm rushing. Anyway, I think he's a doctor now, but before he went to med school, his job was like assisting with organ transplant transportation, basically. Assistant. Cool. He was like carrying the, the cooler bags to and fro helicopters. Cool. Hell yeah. I want to get one of those coolers just for a cookout. <laughs> Are they handcuffed to the wrist like a briefcase of cash? I do not believe Lock. so, no, because that would waste valuable mm. seconds. You know, depends yeah. on how slow you are at getting out of handcuffs. I have a handcuff key on we my. We will keys. get to handcuffs, though. Hell I yes. mean, we kind of will in my case. <laughs> I say it one time. Okay. Anyway, we're kind of rambling. It's fine. Amanda, what is our <laughs> wine crime pairing for organ crimes? Well, good old cutthroat Tammy also took care of us in the pairing department. Mm-hmm. And I did have one of these the other day in the hot tub, so I can confirm <laughs> it's fucking amazing. She actually sent us High Point Cider, and it is the Transplant New England Style so Cider. Good. Perfect pairing. It's so good. It arrived on time. Yeah, it arrived early. I got mine, I too. I love it. Yeah. Corey kept it's drinking so- it. I had to hide the last can. <laughs> It's so good. So this is made by High Point Cider, which is located in Victor, Idaho. Ooh. Oh, wait. Is ID Idaho or Indiana? Idaho. Idaho. I don't know. Idaho. I don't know. I Indiana's think it's I-N. That's right. Okay. Okay. I went to <laughs> elementary I school. I don't know. <laughs> So this is a traditional, semi-dry, modern New England-style cider. The transplant is a smooth, slightly cloudy, and unfiltered homage to the New England tradition of small-batch cider and to the skiers of Maine, New Hampshire, New York, and Vermont who venture west in search of new beginnings, new organs, new community, and champagne powder. I don't know what that means. Maybe it's really a snow nice thing, snow champagne powder. For, for snow sports? I don't know. Sure. Fresh pal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she clocks in at 6% ABV, so it's not going to kill you. It's very hydrating. I love it. It's not too sweet. It finishes really nice and dry. It has like just the right amount of tart without being too tart. There's actually a nice little chart on the black, a tart chart. I like the size so of the can. you can see. I yeah. love a 16 ounce. Like, I love a tall boy. It's so good. And then I also loved this because it reminded me of us starting our own business. I thought of the same thing. <laughs> How to start a cider company, a hard cider company. One, quit your job. Two, convince your brother to quit his job. <laughs> 
three. <laughs> Craft the best damn cider in the Tetons. Yeah. That's it. Three steps. <laughs> Love it. It's a can, so we're going to call this a crack this week. And uh, you, no tools necessary except your own sweet fingies. But if you're like me and you ripped off all of your, you know, Fake dipping fingies. powder and then you had to just paint your sad weak fingernails because you've been too reliant um, on death. Let's just call it depressed <laughs> to make an appointment <laughs> to go. Then you can use your wine key to crack it. that says XOXO, the wine and crime gals. Tiny little knife. That's what I'm going to do to just... Oh, my God. I almost stabbed myself. Also, don't try this at home. (laughs) uh, We're donating some wine and and merch to an auction for a charity. uh, Details TBD. But they were like, oh, you know, send merch, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I would love to. I'd be happy to. Literally nothing we sell is appropriate besides maybe the wine key. That's amazing. For this particular I love charity. this anecdote, but I stuck my finger under this tab, and now it's just pinching my finger, and I can't feel my finger, go. so I have to crack this out. Okay, here we go. Oh! Oh! Ow! Look, look what <laughs> it did! Ouch, honey! I was pinched. <laughs> okay, well, nice, nice crack! crack. Get I was mine. like, she's going to be done really soon. Just let her talk. Just like, ow! Sorry! Oh, yeah! All right. Well, okay. cheers! Cheers, ladies! Mm. And thanks to Tammy. Yeah, Cutthroat Tammy. Thank you so much, Cutthroat Tammy. All right. Mm. Lucy, Fuck, what is our background and maybe psych for organ crime? Definitely psych. Well, allow me to gently shake my bones, oh. snake ribs. I do love that you actually sent me a little voice recording of you doing that. You asked Although, for it. Yes, but I would like to request a new one as an actual voice memo in your voice memo Oh. App. Okay, I'll do that. So I can download it. I'll do that during our first break. Play it at night. Yeah, thank you. And just one more time, the snake bones were sent in by Lindsay from Den of Dermistead. Highly recommend. Thank you, Lindsay. Oh, I am also uh, wearing my tooth necklace, my teeth. (laughs) These are just a smattering of my baby teeth. They're so creepy. They're so small and skinny. dad drilled holes in them, and my mom made them into a necklace for me, and I wore them to school one time, and I got so many looks from adults that I (laughs) didn't like to wear it anymore. Do you remember getting those looks? Vividly. (laughs) It actually instilled some trauma issues in me. This is a poor memory. This is a poor memory. (laughs) I also do have a special guest. I'm going to bring him out in a little bit, though. First, I'm going to tell you about biological organs, not to be confused with the instrument. And also, Corey thought we were doing Oregon crimes. Love it. As in the trail. I had to be pretty specific about what organs we're discussing. So Encyclopedia Britannica, my lover, defines an organ as, quote, a group of tissues in a living organism that have been adapted to perform a specific function. In higher animals, such as us... Humans. Such as women. (laughs) Organs are grouped into organ systems, e.g. the esophagus, stomach, and liver are organs of the digestive system. So we're going to be talking- Organ crimes. We're going to be talking about individual organs and also organ systems. Okay. Okay. So what is and isn't an organ in any given organism is not really solidly defined, but it's generally agreed that there are 
79 organs in the human body, but another source I found firmly said 78. Okay, so what's, what are they not what's, counting? What's the yeah. is why a vowel? Does it or de- not? Maybe it depends on the gender or the sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might depend on. Well, I, okay, so I have a list and I'm going to recite it for you just so we have an idea of what is an organ and what isn't because some of them are actually kind of surprising. Should we do it as a quiz? Oh no, I'm just going to go raw. I'm just going to go through. I, I said it out loud earlier and it doesn't really take that long. Okay. Although some of them I don't know how to pronounce. So Great. They're in alphabetical order starting with anus. <laughs> Yes, lock. Anus, arteries, appendix, adrenal glands, brain, bones, bronchi, bladder, bone marrow, bulb, bulborethral glands. I don't know that one. Bone marrow is an organ? Colon, cervix, clitoris, capillaries, cerebellum, diaphragm, ears, eyes, fallopian tubes, genitals, gallbladder, heart, hair follicle, hypothalamus, interstitium, kidneys, joints, liver, lungs, larynx, ligaments, lymph nodes, large intestine, lymphatic vessel, mouth, Mesentery. Okay. Mammary glands. I died of mesentery. Yeah. You have died of mesentery. That is Oregon crimes. Oregon trail. (laughs) (laughs) Mammary glands, nose, nails, nerves, nasal cavity, ovaries, esophagus, penis, pancreas, pharynx, placenta, prostate, pineal gland, pituitary gland, parathyroid glands, Rectum, skin, spleen, scrotum, stomach, spinal cord, small intestine, salivary glands, skeletal muscles, seminal vesicles, subcutaneous tissue, teeth, tonsils, testes, tendons, tongue, thyroid, trachea, thymus gland, ureters, also don't know what that is. Ureter. (laughs) Yeah. Ureterd. No, ureter. Urethra, uterus, vulva, veins, vagina, vas deferens, and vestigial organ. I've... There are so many in there that there I were, never would have assumed were organs. Like, how are glands organs? And They're nail, glands. fingernails. We'll get to we'll get. I get to how fingernails could be organs since, like, the skin is an organ, which I guess I kind of get why fall, hair follicles are an organ. But I don't know. It all It's confusing. There were, get like, ten, fully it. ten in there that I had never heard of in my life. Yeah. Yeah. The well, clitoris? <laughs> where's that? So an organ is something that is made up of different types of tissue that create a thing it being the organ and then that organ participates in a f- in a in a bigger broader Function. spectrum system okay hmm. and uh, i'll get to it i was actually really interested in this topic and that's kind of why i didn't cover trafficking because i thought organs themselves and like how we define them and how they evolve was really See, pretty fascinating so that's been what a i stuck mortician. with Absolutely. You really could have. I really if you could have if you just, just stomached had the, right science. the science. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Kokesh was really good. I liked Mr. Kokesh, but he was chemistry. Kokesh Chem- your whole yeah. life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was chemistry. My biology, Miss Walker, that was spelled Wacker. Mm-hmm. She oh, was yeah, scary. I had her too. She was a little scary. I think she was fluent in German, and that just like made her more intimidating. Mm-hmm. I skipped almost every single one of those classes, and then Jessica helped me, like, basically mm-hmm. pass. Jessica sat tests. right. I sat between Jessica and Courtney in biology, and that is the only reason I passed. Yeah. Jessica's also the only reason I passed. She was not in my class, but she helped me with, like, all mm-hmm. of my homework. Well, I was distracted because Peter Chase was sitting behind me the whole time. Oh, yeah, so yeah that, that would be distracting. The only reason I passed is for those so two. Oh, cute. Okay, so in more advanced animals, such as humans, 
There are usually oh. 10 organ systems. So we have the integumentary system. Exactly. I had never heard of this. Intergovernmental systems. <laughs> intergovernmental. So this system encloses internal body structures. There are lots of sensory receptors. So your hair, your skin, your nails. That's okay, part of sack. the in, integumentary system. Your sack. Your, your skin sack. Yeah. Makes your sack. Um, then we have the skeletal system. So that's bones, cartilage, and joints. The muscular system, which are muscles and tendons. The nervous system, which detects and processes sensory info. And that so that includes technically the brain, the spinal cord, and peripheral nerves, which I took to mean just like all the nerves like uh, around yeah, on your, your nerve skin. endings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then we have the endocrine system, which secretes hormones. It regulates processes, and that includes your pituitary glands, your thyroid gland, your pancreas, adrenal glands, and testes and ovaries. Mm-hmm. Then we get to your digestive system, which is your stomach, liver, gallbladder, large intestine, small intestine. I'm pretty sure it includes, like, pooping mechanisms. Yeah. Mm. Because your digestive system is sometimes is different from, like, your urinary system. Oh, yeah. That's doing different things. Yeah, different but I, I would have thought they were the kind of the same system, but I don't think they are. Okay, so well, is urine uh, is it at the end of the process? Like first, they gotta get all the like hard matter taken care of, and then all the leftover stuff is urine. So it comes later. Or poop. Well, the urine is what happens with the with the fluid, so the water in your body, and how your body regulates its water levels is different from how it excretes feces hmm. for mm-hmm. example so like your urinary system let's just assume that you it's all water then your your cells need water to survive so it's it's a different process so mm-hmm. i think it's my impression that it's a different system some some but i someone out there is screaming right now we have no mm-hmm. idea always well i think is urine different <laughs> from poop not always <laughs> i can tell you like, I think don't we just have a cloaca <laughs> where just everything comes out? That's where you lay your eggs, in. too. Yeah. I think because, like I said, there's not like a like a hard and fast definition of what makes an organ when we're talking about all the different, like, animals and plants that have organ systems, mm-hmm. that there is some room for gray area in like, you know, this is part of this system, this is part of this system, because they do all work yeah. together. So where you draw those There's lines overlap. kind of varies. Yeah. Okay. Then you have your respiratory system, which is your nasal passage, your trachea, and your lungs. Your circulatory system, and I think this is basically the same as your cardiovascular system. So that would be your heart, your blood vessels, all that stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your excretory, I think, a.k.a. urinary system. And this controls, like I said, the water level in your body. It removes waste from your blood, which, again, is different from poop waste. Yeah. So that includes your kidneys, your urinary bladder, your pee stuff. And then your reproductive system, which is your mammary glands, ovaries, uterus, epididymis, and testes. an epididymis? Penis. I think it's technically the tube that's in the penis. That's not the urethra. It's like the semen tube. Okay. 
What's you know, this vast one. deference. Mm-hmm. There's a vast <laughs> deference between the epididymis and the penis. Okay. But I don't vast know what that vast deference, deference is. Oh, I spelled it with a Z by accident. That's not right. Ooh, bold. Um, it's the thick walled tube in the male reproductive system that transports sperm cells from the epididymis where the sperm are stored prior to ejaculation. So, so I was wrong. Epididymis is like your ball sack. It's like in your balls. So your epididymis. Well, from your, then what are your from testes? your balls to where the sperm comes out. Then what are the testes? Why are the testes and the epididymis different? Maybe the testes are about like it. the sack, and the epididymis is about like what the one is producing the sperm and one is the transporting sack. the sperm. Kenyon's right. The mm. epididymis is a long tube located near each testicle. The epididymis is the tube which moves the sperm from the testicles. It is the through tube. the vas deferens into the Kleenex. <laughs> well, into I'm the getting sock. a new pet, and I'm naming it epididymis. <laughs> Because that's a really name, good name for a name male cat. Your uh, partner's sounds penis like an incubus Diddy. album for Epididymis. <laughs> Diddy, is that what P Diddy, Diddy stands for? <laughs> P Didymus. P Didymus. You was my full name. <laughs> I'm going with it. E P Didymus. Sir P Didymus. E P Didymus. Um. So there's another system. I don't think this has to do with organs but i did want to i thought about it so i put it in here um the lymphatic system and mm-hmm. so that's what returns fluid to the blood and protects against pathogens and so that includes your thymus your lymph nodes your spleen and your lymphatic vessels feels very so that important led me to wonder what the fuck a lymph is what is mm-hmm. lymph mm-hmm. And it is a colorless fluid containing white blood cells, which bathes the tissues and drains through the lymphatic system into the bloodstream. So it's like the body's water. That's not actually water. That's why when you're sick, your lymph nodes get swollen swollen. because they're producing white blood cells to try to fight your infection. Mm -hmm. Ha! Yes, ma'am. You got it. it You got it. In that clear, viscous water jello that floats through our bodies all fucking day uh-huh yeah hot Keeps i want to do a shot of out. lymph fluid i'm sure that exists at moon juice probably get me on mm-hmm. the phone i started want every them to know morning it was me. with my lymph juice lymph one juice. shot of lymph juice my lymphinate lymphinade <laughs> <laughs> when life Fresh hands you lymph squeezed lymphinade Lips. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Hate it. Ew. Well. Okay. So these symptoms appear gradually in the lower animals. I'm talking like evolution-wise. Mm-hmm. In the lower animals, so like worms and snails and shit, and attain their full complexity and functional specialization in the higher animals. In plants, the primary organs are the stem, the root, and the leaf, all of which help to nourish the plant and the reproductive organs, for example, the flowers, seed, and spores. As with animals, these organs are responsible for the basic life-sustaining function of the organism. So an organism can be anything living. And so all organisms contain some form of organ. So, Speaking of like organs and okay. plants, have we talked <laughs> about... No, this is a real thing. Have we talked about on the show how environmental misogyny fucks with our uh, our allergies so badly? Yes. About yeah. how we like 
cities will opt to only plant quote unquote male trees because they don't produce as much they mess. Don't, like they yeah, don't, yeah, they fruit. don't produce fruit, so then they don't have to clear. But then like, we have you know rotting apples from the streets, right? But then we have all of this pollen that's basically just tree and plant sperm with no female plants to absorb the pollen. And so people's allergies get worse yep. every year. That because of is that. fucking yeah. fascinating. I've yeah. never heard yeah. of that. And Isn't it that might nuts? be responsible wow. it's a very real for a rise thing. in autoimmune disorders because people's mm-hmm. bodies it's are linked like, to a lot what of is shit. This onslaught of allergies. Yeah, we can't like f- process it out. It like fucks with our immune system. Ties into the white male Republicans who are Honestly. staunchly pro-birth. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Misogyny don't know how is to manage everywhere. The extra sperm. Fucking pa- plant patriarchy. Also heard yep. recently that a lot of studies that use like mice uh, to you know test whatever they will mm-hmm. code castrated male mice as female mice for the purpose of Even the study fucking, because female yeah. mice hormones, much like female human hormones will throw off the results. So even <laughs> studies that, like, first of all, very few things are tested on, you know, binary women. Mice anymore. Or, well, yeah. Oh, human women. Well, or just, you know, like anything affecting women is just like not studied thoroughly enough in science. Mm-hmm. Oh, so like at the very basic level, we just are ignoring... All Females. of the fucking hormonal differences of yeah. being born in that body. Yeah. And just not studying com- them at all. It's too messy. It's too complicated. It'll oh fuck up the Oh, my God. Results. Yeah. So we're not freaks it. and anomalies. We're just no, 51% we're just of the population. Underserved. Under, yeah, under-researched and... Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's fine. Everything's great. Undervalued was the word you were looking for, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And hormones, not a small thing. No, they're huge. They really, really, really affect everything. Everything. Day-to-day life. Yep. Oh, my God. Anyway. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. If by interesting you mean terrible, then mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think a lot of terrible things are interesting. That's true. Same. <laughs> anyway. Fair. Oh, to time for our special guest. Are you ready? Oh. What? Yes. I have. Oh, my God. Is this Corey's gallbladder or whatever he had removed? I have Corey's gallbladder. Oh! <laughs> it's been in my freezer. Take it out. Take it out. Well, Take it out. I will. It's re- There's a lot of ice crystals on it because it's just been in my freezer. You got it? You freezer burned it? I didn't mean to. I've just been waiting for like the right spell to, to cast. I just want to oh. cast a spell. Okay. okay, this is the Ziploc that I put it in after we dissected oh it. Oh my God, it is not small. No, it's about the size of the palm of my hand. It fits in a bread box, but you can see the incision. It looks like a little bird beak opening. I can smell it through this Skype call. I can't. <laughs> well, I'm smelling It smells something. like a frozen Ziploc. <laughs> you know what does smell a little bit faintly are his gallstones, which I have right here. So... An idiot friend of mine. (laughs) It looks like a Reese's egg. It looks like a bird's egg. It looks like something you could hide on Easter. For a Reese's egg. Also, do not ruin Reese's eggs for me like that. Nothing can ruin Reese's eggs for me. But it looks even more like it because this is the inside. It's orange. 
It really looks like a chocolate candy. It looks oh like my a God. frozen Reese's egg. And I only say frozen because there's little like crystal. It's like a crystalline surface. Has Corey had to like change his diet since he had his gallbladder removed? Because like he did you... for a while. If he eats a super rich meal, mm-hmm. then he'll have to shit like immediately. Mm-hmm. And Same. then obviously for a while post-surgery, he had a he had to change a lot of things. But yeah. if he has like, you know, a duck confit dinner or something, it's going to it's going to fuck with him a little bit. But in general, he feels so much better. Okay. Because previously it was just um, he'd eat a really rich meal and instead of just, you know, pooping pretty much right away, he'd be up all night with crazy stomach cramps, vomiting, just writhing on the floor in pain because just, the because the the gallbladder wasn't doing its job. Which is not good for somebody who owns a delicious and decadent burger restaurant true yeah. so we've taken to calling these his burger diamonds because they're in essence they're burger diamonds. you need to make him a necklace my I burger diamonds gonna make jewelry out of this but uh, make him like super bowl rings one of our friends he had two <laughs> he had two and one of our friends dropped the big one which is why i have it in four separate pieces right here i might epoxy it back together but then you can't see the inside, which I think is just as interesting. It's nice to have one specimen where you can see the slices. Yeah. And no, I don't have pierced ears, so I can't make them into earrings. But mm-hmm. he has one pierced ear. I could make him a single earring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at Amanda. All right, let's move on. So we got a lot of special guests. <laughs> so close to your mouth when you sniffed it. I. <laughs> it doesn't smell anymore. I was hoping it did. Anyway, follow me on Instagram <laughs> if you want to see actual pictures of us dissecting this. Follow me this. for more recipes. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, there's I... our special guest. I'm going to have to put it back in the freezer as soon as we go on an ad break, though. Because <laughs> I don't want this thing to thaw out. <laughs> okay, that was my special guest. Moving on. Love it. Well done. <laughs> Um, So organs and organ systems are two levels of complexity that form the human organism. So think of this like a like a like a pyramid. Um, So first, you have the chemical level where, for example, hydrogen atoms and oxygen atoms bond to form molecules with three dimensional structures. Mm -hmm. So like that that, that speaks for itself. How did we ever figure that out? I I don't know. I don't know how we got here. Imagine how much we're going to know in another 500 years. I fucking can't. I'm still the girl in our, like, middle or high school who asked who invented strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want us answering your medical question. I mean, <laughs> do you guys remember our modern no. strawberries were invented by somebody. Well, sure, but that's not what she meant. <laughs> not what she was going for. Who invented strawberries? Who's gene therapy? <laughs> Who's gene therapy? That's my favorite. It oh. was not the same person. No, that was Blortney. It was. She said Blartney. the father of gene therapy. And she goes, <laughs> Who's gene therapy? Who's gene therapy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, obsessed. wow. Okay. So that's the first one when those chemicals interact and become something else. Then we have the the cellular level where a variety of molecules combine to form the fluid and organelles of a body cell. For example, a smooth muscle cell. Organelles. Organelles. What a beautiful (laughs) word. 
is it? Effluvia, <laughs> organelle. <laughs> so many good baby names. Mm-hmm. Then we have the tissue. This is my daughter, Organelle. <laughs> and Organelle my son, Effluvia. Effluvia. I think it's gorgeous. My adult son, Effluvia. <laughs> Don't okay. speak to me or my Effluvia ever again. <laughs> Epididymis. Me, oh. my, oh, I love, I He's the spicy twin. that name. <laughs> Epididymis. Epididymis. <laughs> I fucking can't. If you ever need like a nom de bloom. Yeah. If like you won't get published because you're a woman, just go by Epididymis. <laughs> yeah, if we go back to the 19th century and we all need male nom de plume. Epididymis. I love it. Then we have the tissue level, where a community of similar cells from a body tissue uh, uh, form a body tissue, for example, smooth muscle tissue. So a bunch of these smooth muscle cells will come together and form an entire tissue. And then after the tissue is formed, then we have the organ level, where two or more different tissues combine to form an organ. So, for example, when our smooth muscle tissue combines with skeletal muscle to form the bladder... Then we have the okay. organ system level, where two or more organs work closely together to perform the functions of a body system, for example, the urinary tract system. And then lastly, the organismal level, the dismal organismal level, where many organ systems work harmoniously together to perform the functions of an independent organism, such in, as you or I. In theory, in theory, yeah. Well, we also talked about teratomas. This is actually oh. a pretty good episode to do in the wake of the teratoma, the sports ball episode, because uh-huh. as we discussed, a lot of these different tissues can think that they're combining to form some sort of functional system, but really it's just a ball of nightmare hair and teeth and whatever. Yep. So in the study of anatomy, viscera refers to the internal organs of the abdominal, thoracic, and pelvic cavities. The abdominal organs may be classed as solid organs or hollow organs. The solid organs are the liver, pancreas, spleen, kidneys, and adrenal glands, whereas the hollow organs are the stomach, intestines, gallbladder, bladder, and rectum. So hollow organs, the something passes through them. Got it. At a, at a resting state, they're empty. Okay. Got it. But the solid ones have a they're a, they're a they're a mass all the time. Splanchnology is the study of the viscera. <laughs> that it's like BRB gonna go be a splanchnologist. <laughs> My name is Splanch Dubois. <laughs> Splanchnology. It might be splanchnology, really but I'm just wow. going with splanchnology. Splanch. It just feels good to say splanchnologist. So the opposite of viscera, which comes from the word visceral, so like inside, deep, would be parietal, meaning of or relating to the wall of a body part, organ, or cavity. So these two terms are often used to describe a membrane or a piece of connective tissue referring to opposite sides. So you have your viscera, your internal shit, and then you have your parietal shit, which is like stuff you can see, stuff on the outside of your body. Yeah, if you can see your viscera, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say I have really see. thin skin, so you can see my blood vessels in my upper boob right here. <laughs> can you see it? Oh yeah, yeah. I went to Puerto Rico a couple weeks ago with some people that I didn't know very well, and that sounds weird the way I just said it. But <laughs> so 
was like in friends a bathing. Friends. I was in a bathing suit, and they were like, "Oh my god, I can see like your blood pumping through your skin." <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, I'm really pale. I need a tan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can see your blood pumping through your skin. Seriously, <laughs> wow, I kind of love it though. Oh, look at yeah, that one. You really can. I can oh, see wow. it from here. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I got blue blood. You also bruise very easily. Oh, honey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's way up here. I closed the, I closed my shower door on my arm like a week ago, and that's still <gasps> oh, <honey>. there. <laughs> Poor thing. It's fantastic. I'm always bruised. <laughs> oh, funny anecdote. When Kenyon and I were in sailing, <laughs> we were in like high early high school or something and we decided to have like a girls night out one friday yeah. after sailing and for whatever reason that week i just been particularly jacked up, up in a sailboat oh god <laughs> there's so a bruised. lot that you i mean just you're going to get bruised just normally sailing in a small boat oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but my <laughs> my shins in particular and before we w- I had like this cute little short skirt and this cute little tank top. And then before we left Kenyon's house to go bowling, she was like, you're you look like, um, like you need help. You've got a lot of bruises. Like she, had, need help. she had an innumerable <laughs> amount of bruises up and down her legs. <laughs> And her oh, legs no. were like on display because they're one of your best features. And you had this mini skirt on. My v, v best feature. And you do have wonderful The legs. bruises, <laughs> some of them were like, they were just like welts. And some oh, of them yeah. were like yellow, like half healed. You could tell <laughs> yeah. they like happened over time. Oh, yes. The yellowing. So an old bruise is not cute. It's not cute. And so we put some concealer on my legs. To a make lot. it look sure not did. so obvious. But then we went cosmic bowling. Oh, no. <laughs> and you're not buying good concealer when you're 14 no. years old. So, like, it lit up under the black lights <laughs> at cosmic oh, bowling. No. I just looked <laughs> spotted. I looked oh, like a leopard. Oh, my God. They, they were, they cut, the bruises, like, inver- inverted. So they were the things that were glowing on my legs. <laughs> I'm so sorry. (laughs) That sucks. You were there. (laughs) I probably was, but I don't remember this shit. (laughs) It was really wild. Yeah, we had, it was like a concealer stick from the drugstore. (laughs) It was just like the cover girl (laughs) stick. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Chubby stick. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So here's another thing that I found particularly fascinating. In terms of evolution, we can first detect the organ level of organization in flatworms. Oh, the fucking flatworms. Love a good flatworm. They freak me out. They're really nasty. They're creepy. They just like, they squirm. Never thought about them. (laughs) Well... Yep, you're going to start now. They look like how I imagine tapeworms like swim through your intestines. Oh, okay. We're good. So here's a quote from Wikipedia. More complex animals are composed of different organs which have evolved over time. For example, the liver evolved in the stem vertebrates around 540 to 500 million years ago, while the gut and the brain are even more ancient, arising in insects, mollusks, and worms about 700 to 650 million years ago. Okay. 
So when scientists are studying how different organs have evolved over time, ideally, they want to look at a specific organ that has evolved independently multiple times, because that's sort of like giving them an indication that that's the that's the thing that works, you know? Okay. The placenta is a really good example of this. It has evolved more than 100 times independently in invertebrates. It's also evolved relatively recently and across a variety of taxa. So as in like the taxonomic hierarchy. So like different species, different genus, kingdoms, etc. Across a lots of different types of animals. Is this making sense to you? I'm totally yeah. following. It's fine. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I saw Amanda's face. I'm quiet I to because check. I totally get it. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's all. So, quote, studies on the evolution of the placenta have identified a variety of genetic and physiological processes that contribute to the origin and evolution of organs. These include the repurposing of existing animal tissues. So, like, if you, I mean, obviously, this is super not how it works, but, like, Say your stomach tissue at some point was like, hey, I could also function as, you know, this other organ over here. Let me give a little jump over and give this a try. And then that works. Sure. That's not how it works, you're saying? It's not. I mean, if <laughs> if millions of years of evolution was summed up into just that okay. one thing. Does a placenta exist before the organism is pregnant or is it? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. It develops it's from developed, the pregnancy. Yeah. I think okay. that's why they're studying placentas as like this really perfect way of looking at the evolution of organs because it mm -hmm. doesn't exist until mm -hmm. it needs to. Mm -hmm. So then at that point, your body starts producing these new cells to form a brand new organ. Mm -hmm. And then after you give birth, you just poop it out and it's gone. You don't need it anymore. Right. Poop it out from the front. Mm-hmm. Front poop. <laughs> Good old front dump. <laughs> Take a front dump. <laughs> Get rid of your placenta. <laughs> and then you pulverize it and turn it into a pill. I'm sorry. I or would just a thousand it. percent I'll be willing to do that. I know. Mode. I know you would. It's just vitamins. But you wouldn't eat it. You'd just keep it. You'd keep part of it. I think I'd consume part of it and probably do some sort of spell on part of it. Mm -hmm. And keep a, another part in my freezer for God knows how long. Fair. Sounds about right. <laughs> keep, donate, throw away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this brings me joy. I'm going to keep it in my freezer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Okay, the repurposing of existing animal tissues, the acquisition of new functional properties by these tissues. So if your stomach wall were to say, hey, I can do this. I don't need to move anywhere. I'm just going to do it where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And the novel interactions of distinct tissue types. So your stomach meets your bladder and they're like, hey, we, we, we can work together here. I've That's got, I've got a business friends. idea. Why don't we hey. make a placenta? Let's make a podcast. Let's make a podcast. <laughs> Quit your job. Let's make cider in the Grand Tetons. Let's oh, do it. Fuck yeah. Your, your bladder <laughs> and your stomach just quit quit their day jobs. Go oh, make God. cider. So I would say that it's safe to say the placenta is the current hero of organ evolution and a very exciting area to study. Cool. When it comes to alchemy and mysticism, I know we like that. The, we know we love that. The seven vital organs are often connected to the seven, quote unquote, classical planets, which are not all actually planets, but 
That's what people used to think were the planets. Mm-hmm. And this is how that shaped up. So your sun is related to your heart. The moon is related to your brain. Mercury to your lungs. Venus to your kidneys. Mars to your gallbladder. Jupiter to your liver. And Saturn to your spleen. Cool. What does the spleen do? It filters something. Hold on. I think spleen. It's fine. Function. I won't remember. I'll have to Google it again tomorrow. It, it fights it's it fine. fights the invading germs in the blood. So the okay. spleen is connected to your lymphatic system because of the white blood cells. Okay. God, I am the so spleen smart bones all of connected a to the lymph bone. Lymph, lymph nodes. nodes. Lymph node. <laughs> okay, I have some fun organ facts for you. Because I'm always just shocked when I hear some of these. And it's like, oh my God, my lungs are huge. Mm-hmm. So the adult bladder can hold around 400 milliliters, which is about 13.5 fluid ounces. Unless you're my sister, then it holds like two fluid ounces. That is also me. Yeah. Well, you drink a lot of coffee. Madeline Mm -hmm. just has her bladders the size of one of these gallstones. (laughs) Your liver can regenerate its own tissue. I didn't Mm -hmm. know that. Apparently you can like donate like part of your liver. Yeah, you can give partial liver transplant because you can't i mean you can't survive without your own liver you can't right. you can't donate your whole liver no but you could give a not yeah, if you want to survive piece of it yeah right yeah for it to then regenerate and grow in a match i think right. that's so cool it's super fucking cool i wish the rest of our bodies could function like that mm-hmm. <laughs> well i'd love for a pancreas a say. pancreas that <laughs> could Aww, regenerate your poor panky <laughs> Well, diabetes is, like, type 1 diabetes is weird because it's technically, like, not your pancreas. Like, it's your immune system that attacks the cells in your pancreas that make, like, the beta cells that produce insulin. Mm. It's the whole system. It's not just one thing. Yeah, your body is, like, making it so that your pancreas doesn't work because Mm. the cells it's making get killed. So would your pancreas possibly work in somebody else's body? I at this point probs not. I highly doubt it. Yeah. She's shabby. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't know the answer to that question. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Your small intestine is about twenty three feet long. That's too long. Okay. Too long. Your left lung has two lobes in it, while your right lung has three. I got that question wrong on that quiz the other day. Sure did. It's. To, I thought it's it was just two to make room for your heart. So your right lung, your right lung has th- is bigger. In total, adult lungs, like I just said, have a surface area of about 70 square meters. No. If you unfold all the lobes and all the crazy shit in your lungs, it's it's like the size of my backyard. No. What? Yeah. And your lungs together. So it's like a fan? Like it's folded on itself with all these lobes? Or, I or definitely lobes, thought like- literally until yesterday and now today that the lungs <laughs> were just like two airbags airbags yeah like bladders for mm. air no in your chest they no do honey. contain <laughs> about 1500 miles of airways nope so it's tissue with a bunch of tubes for all the air to to the oxygen to go into and then the surface of your lungs take the nutrients out of the air and then put it into your blood weird okay nutrients out of the air Right? Oxygen. Oxygen. Yeah. The adult brain weighs about three pounds. So it's about, 
you know, a, a couple percentages of your total body weight, but it uses about 20% of your whole body's energy. So okay. get enough sleep because your brain needs it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like this one. If you smoothed out all the wrinkles in your brain, it would be about the size of an empty pillowcase. See, that seems small to me compared to the lungs. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. I don't, I don't get know. It. I don't like any of this. Yeah. It's all freaking me out. Yeah. I I ordered these from my least favorite to my most favorite facts, so they get okay. better. Okay. Your skin weighs about eight and a half pounds, and if you spread it out, <laughs> I don't know why they worded it this way, but I kept it because it was so disturbing. If you spread out all your skin, it oh. would be about 20 square feet, which is about the size of a child's bed sheet. <laughs> that is the most Lucy fact of all time. <laughs> if you cut off all your skin and spread it out and quilted it, it would be perfect for a child's bed sheet. <laughs> it's, it's such a grotesque way so to think grotesque. about it, but I love I will it. never forget that fact. No. <laughs> you could wrap, you could swaddle your child in your skin. Yeah. <laughs> you could. Welcome. A large child. (laughs) My God. Okay. If all the blood vessels in the human body were laid end to end, they would circle the earth four times. Also, if you've ever seen Body Worlds, yeah. I have. I have. But it's still hard to imagine... How all the that can size fit. and yeah. the length. Because, yeah, the, the way you're experiencing it is either in small samples. Like when Bill hawked up his lung. Yeah. That was, or weird. like a slice of, a, of, a, of all of these systems still in a human body. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's so bizarre. Body Worlds is so cool. Oh, God. If you have the opportunity, go see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Humans shed about 600,000 particles of skin every hour. Mm-hmm. So when they say Get most, you a good vacuum. When they say most dust is human skin, it sure the fuck that's is. Why. Yeah, that's nuts, and I don't like it. Okay, uh, moving on. On average, the human next. body next. On average, the human body well, contains next. enough iron to make a one-inch long nail, like a hammer, na- hammer nail. Weird. Okay. That's yeah. weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not mine though, because I have a consistent iron deficiency. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to see my veins again? Relentless <laughs> yeah. iron. Let's go back to my bruising. <laughs> yeah. Um, the cornea is the only part of the body with no blood supply. So your cornea gets its oxygen directly from the air. Weird. What? We will get to the corneas. Yes. Oh, cornea is huge in Minnesota. <laughs> and China. The average person produces enough saliva in their lifetime to fill two swimming pools. No. Mm-mm. I think they meant Olympic-sized swimming pools, too. Nope. You can carry, on average, about four pounds of bacteria around inside your body. Pounds? Pounds. What? If you removed all the bacteria from your body, it would be about four pounds. That is a Why are quick you way to lose weight. They're... Well, how? I don't well, want to know. it's a good bacteria. You got your gut flora, all that stuff. It's all bacteria. Yeah, this but is- it's all microscopic. Yeah, it adds up. <laughs> Dividends, like baby. Anymore. I was having fun. Okay, my last fun fact, which I 
It was my favorite. The human These facts aren't fun. The human body contains enough fat to make seven bars of soap. Stop. Or more. Mm-hmm. I bet I could <laughs> I bet I could put out eight. Let's let's replace the stupid ass BMI scale with the with soap, the soap scale. production soap. scale. I love this. Love I love that. this. Love that idea. <laughs> Your doctor's like, we need to talk. You are producing way too much soap. You're up to nine and a half bars. (laughs) Fine by me. You're cleaner. Yeah, but have you seen my ass and shit? Yeah. So I'm going to- In your bra. (laughs) In your bra. Okay, I'm going to close this out with a message from Tammy because our amazing fan picker, Tammy, is a renal nurse, a kidney nurse, like I said at the top. She sent me and all of us a whole bunch of background information for our segment that I- 100% 100% forgot about until I was already finished with my my notes. So Tammy, I am so sorry. I did read I did read everything you sent over. Very well researched, very interesting. But I'm going to close out my segment with an important an important message. There are over 100,000 people waiting for a renal transplant, a kidney transplant with over we'll get to it. with over 4,000 of those patients dying while waiting for a kidney every single year. So please, yep. one, sign your driver's license to be an organ donor, but that is not enough. You have to tell your family your wishes because they are the ones who will ultimately make that decision. Oh, it's mm-hmm. not enough to just elect If your family your, usually chooses not. to intervene, they that can supersede. They can do so, mm-hmm. but huh. many families don't, but some families Yeah. Mm. And so just a reminder, one donor can save eight people with their organs and help 50 people with their tissues. And also, what are you going to do with it? You're fucking dead. Yeah, exactly. Don't be be stingy. After death organ donation, so important, although it has to be done ethically and we will get to it. Oh, yes, we will. And I also know that some religions... It's not great in some religions, but like, get over it. That's your own thing. It's, <laughs> it's in general. I feel like there is no real reason not to not to You're be not going to use them. You can't take it with you, baby. Mm-hmm. Can't take it with you. So anyway, that's my segment. Well <laughs> done. Great job. Learned a now, lot. Will never be the same. Put your gallbladder <laughs> back in the freezer, I please. Do. Uh, yeah, we got it. I got it. I got to I got to go take care of my urinary system and then we will get to my case. <laughs> oh god. We'll be right back. <laughs> so, I started using Curology like 3 years ago mm. and I will never forget the very first winter that I was using it mm. and my skin was completely different than it had been in the past. Winter is super harsh on my skin. I have pretty sensitive skin. I get so dry. I get like dry patches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the over-the-counter stuff you just get at Walgreens, whatever. Sometimes it's it just clogs your pores so badly that it it's just negating any hydration mm-hmm. that it's giving you. Mm-hmm. It's just not balanced enough. So Curology super changed the game, especially in terms of my winter face and it uh, the fact that it's made especially for you it's it's so much better than anything you can just buy over the counter at a regular drugstore it seriously is Curology is game changing custom skincare made for you by a dermatology provider they'll create a custom prescription cream for your specific goals whether that's tackling acne clogged pores skin texture dark spots fine lines or something else Like for me, it's my hormonal acne around my period. Mm -hmm. 
And you just start by taking a short online quiz and uploading photos. And if it's a good fit, they'll ship your formula right to your door. It even has your name on the bottle. Like, this is foolproof. You can't mess it up. Like, I have a different, you know, face cream for daytime. I have one for evening. And it literally says, like, my name on it. Use in the morning after cleansing. Like, I can't mess it up. It tells you what to do. It's amazing. Yeah, it's truly amazing. I had tried so many different types of skincare, some really expensive stuff. And I ended up like destroying my face and like Mm. stripping my skin barrier and Curology like soothed and fixed me. Regenerated you. It's the best. (laughs) So get started with Curology just like we did with a free 30-day trial at Curology.com slash gals, G-A-L-S. Just pay $5 for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y dot com slash gals to start your free 30-day trial. Cancel any time. Prescription subject to consultation. And treat your skin. Treat it. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable and that is why it's America's number one meal kit. Uh, y'all know I don't like to cook and that I'm not very good at it. And HelloFresh is basically <laughs> the only way that I do it. And it doesn't like loop you into the same things over and over again because HelloFresh's chefs really know how to diversify your dinner menu with seasonal spring recipes like sweet heat shrimp tempura bowls. Oh, my. Oh, yum. Garden spinach ricotta ravioli. Yes. One pot creamy lemon dill chicken soup. Uh, Oh, my God. For like the bridge between our agonizingly cold spring and an actual spring. That soup is a beautiful bridge. Yeah. It's incredible. And HelloFresh, like Kenyon said, it's affordable. It's 72% cheaper than dining at a restaurant and is even cheaper than grocery shopping. So that's money back in your pocket and it like reduces waste because you're not getting a thousand leaves of cilantro for that one little bit that you need. They just take care of it for you. And I recently made the white cheddar wonder burgers for me and Bill. Hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make like the thick cut french fries and they like they put together a seasoning you like whip up a dipping sauce it's incredible they they're the the french fries they put together like the old bay seasoning the the burger has caramelized onion and then you have the ingredients for the special sauce and they just walk you through how to make it it is so good it's so nice to like like a restaurant out of a recipe rut too Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm thousand percent so for all these reasons and more, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Gals16, G-A-L-S-1-6, and use code Gals16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Ugh. One more time, go to HelloFresh.com slash Gals16, and use code Gals16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. And treat your meals. Treat them. Are we ready for my case? Yes, I'm so excited. Honestly, like <laughs> it's shit's wild. Shit is wild. And Ugh, excuse me. My cider is coming back up my organ pipe. Your trachea. Part of your ah. respiratory system. Mm. 
<laughs> if you stretch it out, it can reach France. <laughs> no, it's not that long. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, this it could I could have gone in so many different directions from this and there's a lot more that could be said, but like this is what we have time for. So mm-hmm. China has one of the largest organ transplant programs in the world, mm-hmm. which you may think. How great. Amazing. <laughs> Good for them. How generous. Exact numbers are hard to obtain, but to give a sense of the volume of operations performed in the country, one Chinese newspaper estimated that approximately 20,000 organ transplants were performed in the country in the year 2006 alone. So you would think that, like, since 2006, more and more would be happening every year. So actually, sorry, quick question, because I know where this is going. Are the transplants... In the country, from the donor to the recipient within China, or is it just the removal? My next sentence. Oh, okay. Sorry. And actually, roughly 28% of organ recipients in China today are foreigners, why Warren, who travel to the country because of the relative ease of obtaining a transplant there compared to in their home country. So there's a lot of organ transplant tourism Mm-hmm. Much like there is plastic surgery tourism in other countries and whatever. Mm-hmm. But lift tourism. However, due to cultural norms and taboos, including a traditional belief that a body should be buried intact, voluntary organ donation amongst the Chinese population is extremely low. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. almost unheard of. Mm-hmm. So voluntary voluntary. being the key word. (laughs) So, for example, between the years 2003 and 2009, only 130 people, 130 Mm -hmm. out of a population of approximately 1.3 billion. Yeah. Volunteered to be organ donors like after their death or or if you, you know, like in the case of kidneys, like if you're able to donate while living. Mm -hmm. 130 total. That's wild. Brave souls. <laughs> yeah. So China did not even have a national voluntary organ registry in place until 2013. But again, back in 2006, they were doing 20,000 organ transplants a year. Oh, where are they getting all these, I wonder? <laughs> I wonder if that's where this is going to go. Mm. I wonder. So this massive discrepancy in numbers between transplant operations performed and organs voluntarily donated has raised persistent and troubling questions about where exactly all these transplantable human organs are coming from. Mm -hmm. I watched a Vice video about this yesterday. It's weird. Wild. Feel free to chime in with facts that I missed because it's impossible to cover everything. Mm Mm-hmm. So one answer is that for decades, China was harvesting organs from executed prisoners and using them for transplants. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So not based, great. Like people who were on death row executed and then they would harvest their organs like immediately upon their death. In 2009, China revealed that 65% of its organ donations came from executed prisoners. And China likely has the highest rate of criminal executions in the world, although it's like really hard to get accurate national statistics, but like... Because a lot of it's crimes against humanity, et cetera. (laughs) They have 
they have the death penalty. The population mm-hmm. is extremely pro-death penalty, like north of 88% of, of people when polled are pro-death penalty. And they have a lot of different crimes, including nonviolent crimes, mm-hmm. like that drug smuggling mm-hmm. that qualify you for the death Execution. penalty. Yeah. And also there's like not the same appeals system. Like if you're if you're sentenced to the death penalty, you're probably going to fucking be killed. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of like religious minorities that they'll just automatically send you to some sort of camp and they kind of like disappear you. We will get to it. Let's not jump ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, can I just say one more thing? Yes. There is a movie on Netflix that I watched the other day. It's called Called Fresh. It's called The Laundromat. And it's like it was like a 2019 movie, but it's basically about uh, money laundering and how uh, shady money exchanges happen around the world. And there was a full segment on Chinese prisoners being executed specifically to harvest their organs. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys, I mean, it it was sort of like one of the, it was like a, it was a scripted, quote unquote, fictional movie, but it had elements of like investigative journalism to it. So I don't know which parts were like verbatim actual facts but one of the characters was saying that he worked at uh, he was a surgeon in china and he was brought to one of these camps where they executed people and he said most of them were dead when we got to them Mm. yeah some of them maybe weren't and they had to like we will get to oh it. Oh, my God. Oof. Oh, my God. So for the death penalty, now most people who have who undergo the death penalty in China are killed either by lethal injection or firing squad. Which kind of fucks up potentially your organs. Well, I think it depends on what they're going for. If you're going for a cornea, you're probably going to do lethal injection and then get it out real quick. If you're going for liver, then you're probably going to do firing squad and, and aim high. Try to sh- mm-hmm. aim for the head. Wow. This is bleh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In 2014, the government claimed that they stopped the organ harvesting practice amongst, like, all prisoners. And they said that they had created reforms and, like, put safeguards in place. But they fucking didn't. Mm-hmm. So this announcement was greeted internationally as a long-awaited positive development for human rights, but some pointed out that China was now likely to face a massive shortage of organs for transplant and, like, what would people do? But that shortage never materialized because they didn't actually stop harvesting organs. There it is. Okay. A 2019 article in the Sydney Morning Herald pointed out that the organ transplant sector of China's healthcare field was still booming and noted that, in quote, in China, it's possible to pre-book an organ transplant. Wow. Something that would be impossible under a voluntary donor system because you never know when that is going to be available. Right. Yeah. Raising suspicions of widespread organ harvesting. So the fact that you can be like, yeah, on Tuesday, May 15th. Yeah, schedule your organ transplant. Yeah, something's up because Mm -hmm. they, how could they possibly know that the right organ for you would be voluntarily available on that day? They couldn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They'd have to be able to go to the human being and harvest Mm -hmm. it that day for your appointment. Ish. Wow. 
So in fact, many hospitals in China have even gone so far as to advertise the abundance of organs they have available. Oh my God. We're, it's having, like a, the, we're having a closeout sale. Sam's Club. Oh my God. No. Ew. Okay. Buy in bulk. <laughs> According to one investigation, the Shanghai Hospital, affiliated with the Second Military Medical University in Shanghai, was courting prospective patients by describing its good quality kidneys at low cost with a, quote, short waiting time due to abundant supply. Ooh, a kidney's not going to last that long on ice. Uh, no, you can't. You can't freeze them and store them. No. This is so wild. Like I was aware, but I haven't looked into this deeply. And the Kunming, which Kunming is like such a beautiful city. I love it. It was like the one city in China that I really love. The Kunming Kidney Disease Hospital in Yunnan province told prospective patients that, quote, in case of failure, we will continue to perform transplants until one is successful and we will not charge for the repeated surgeries. Oh, my God. No. Oh, that's so fucking fishy. That's not how it works. <laughs> in it is in China. Places. Yeah. Organ transplants in China have long been a fraught topic inextricably tied to politics. In 1978, not long after the Chinese hospitals first began performing organ transplants, which the fact that they were already performing them in the 70s, given where China was at in the 70s, is shocking. Like, they had just had mass famine, and there Mm -hmm. are some hospitals performing organ transplants. Like, that's insane. But anyway... A young teacher named Zhong Haiyun was executed in the Jiangxi province on suspicion of being a, quote, active counter-revolutionary element. So he was a political prisoner Mm -hmm. and he was executed. Zhong was shot in the back of the head and placed in an army truck where her kid, or sorry, I said he, but it's a she, where her kidneys were removed and later transplanted into an Air Force officer who was the son of a higher up in the military. They bought her life. Yeah. They found out, okay, she's a match. She's a political prisoner. This higher-ups kid needs a kidney. Mm-hmm. Top of the list. Let's yeah. go. Uh, Get it on the Jesus. schedule. Yep. So three years later, Jung was exonerated and posthumously pardoned by the government, which I couldn't get into how or why, because that's pretty rare to be exonerated. But there must have been some sort of change in, you know, part of the government that made it so that she was not considered a counter-revolutionary. In 1984, China passed a law called Provisions on the Use of Dead Bodies or Organs from Condemned Criminals that officially allowed for the harvesting of organs from executed prisoners under three possible conditions. If the prisoner consented to the donation before their death. Okay. If the surviving family consented after the prisoner's death. Or if the body... okay, the family of the deceased. Yep. Okay. Or if the body was unclaimed. Okay. Then it was like an automatic. Mm, They could keep it from being claimed. Right. Sounds fair until you take into account the context of who has power in that dynamic. Exactly. It's literally just on paper, we're doing it ethically. Right. Mm -hmm. So the law immediately drew international condemnation. So despite the focus on consent in the law, procedures surrounding organ harvesting from prisoners were carried out in extreme secrecy. It's not like anybody's getting a notification in the mail, like, do you consent to your 
organs being harvested. Right. So Chinese-American human rights activist Harry Wu pointed out after the law was passed that, quote, many family members of the executed prisoners dare not, would not, or are unable to claim their loved one's bodies. Mm. They're never told anything about what's happening. Oh, we texted you, but you didn't respond. So we just <laughs> took their kidney. You know, you can't yeah. leave those suckers on ice too long. Not so. even. The government is disappearing people. They right. don't know where the fuck they're going or who to contact to figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And gone. even for just regular criminals, y- the fear for the family members, they're not going to kick up a fuss. They don't want right. to get fucking labeled a, a you know, dissident. Yeah. yeah, and then they get disappeared. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, they're trying. Their people are just trying to fucking survive. Yeah, or or even just not even fear, but like, what's the word? You just want to conform. You know, yeah. it's like just be well, invisible. Just you be just, left alone. Exactly. It's like it's Blend like in. I don't have anything to do with my, you know, cousin who got sent to jail. Right. He was a criminal element, and and we disown him, and we have nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. Because if you don't... Because you don't want to get fucking... You're making yourself a target. Yeah. Back to this quote. Quote, And the Chinese government has yet to exhibit any form by which the death row prisoners or their family members give signed consent to donate organs. So there's no paperwork. Yeah, they ask for your consent, but then they don't give you anything to sign over your consent. (laughs) Jesus. There are no records. Yeah. Nor has it been explained under what conditions they may give such consent. So also, like, even if there were paperwork. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You better consent to this or we're going to, like, starve your entire family. and Or make your conditions in prison worse or whatever. There is no choice. It's just a farce. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're not even asking anyone. Mm -hmm. It's just on paper. Oof. So soon there were rampant rumors of livers, kidneys, and corneas being removed from living prisoners before execution. And this is for use by Communist Party high ups because then it's like real torture and yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So these are still people who are on death row, but they're going to be killed anyway, but you can pay a higher premium. For like a living quote unquote organ, probably. Well, you just—it's just fresher, so they—it's—it's right. it's more likely to—I don't know if it actually is more likely to work in the transplant or not. But they're just—they're doing the surgery before the person is executed. Yeah, I just imagine in like the capitalist hierarchy of brokering these deals, there's probably a way to get more money. Well, it's either money or it's status, you know. Right, it's and like, both, like, or it could be both. It could, right. you know, to be like, you know, for this price, we have these accordions, but. It's also just like if you're a bigwig in the Communist Party. Mm-hmm. You're going to have access to that kind top, of yeah. shit. Exactly. Fuck. That's, that's one this, of the perks. It's like the yeah. steak tartare of organ ah, transplants. I love so, steak tartare. So the last thing that these prisoners are experiencing is a surgery to remove one of their organs and mm-hmm. then they're executed how fun Ugh. so for years the international medical community continued to strongly disapprove of china's organ harvesting practice while not actually doing fucking anything to stop it because there's nothing anyone could do people mm-hmm. are like well the un it's like the un can't fucking there's remember when we talked what was it the the un blue berets or whatever yeah <laughs> it's like the that's UN- it's 
It's like the red hat ladies. We've been over this. Yeah, they have <laughs> no power independent <laughs> yeah. of the countries they, that belong to the U.S. They are just taking up a table at Applebee's during Sunday yeah. Rush. That's all they're fucking yeah. doing, you guys. And the Chinese yeah. government is a whole other animal. It's can of not, Doesn't it's, give a shit. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So according to one source, the main problem was that there was, quote, there were still no concrete international laws to mandate authority in criminalizing the Chinese law regarding the human organ trade. And also they could just put their laws on paper and to conform if a law did exist and then not follow it. And there's nothing anyone could fucking do about it. So then in March 2006, two shocking stories came to the international public's attention through anonymous tips to media sources. The first was from a man calling himself Peter, a Chinese man who claimed that practitioners of the Chinese spiritualist movement Falun Gong... Oh, were, I'm so glad you're talking about this. ...were being held in secret concentration camps in northeast China, where on-site doctors were removing inmates' organs in order to sell them on the international market. God. This was the part in that laundromat story. Yeah. They were Falun Gong prisoners. Yeah, and Falun Gong, I don't know enough about it to like weigh in mm-hmm. on whether it's a peaceful religion or a cult a weird cult or both well but, if like, you've what seen religion those isn't a cult shun yoon billboards in your town which you definitely have china before <laughs> communism before baby communism kind of related apparently the, apparently it's problematic and they're they fund like some far right stuff in the West and they're hey, anti All of that can be true and, and you can't just take their fucking organs. Exactly. Yeah. And yep. they still deserve human rights. Yep. So anyway, uh, a few days later, a woman calling herself Annie also came forward to a journalist. She claimed that between 2003 and 2005, her ex-husband, a surgeon in China, had harvested thousands of corneas from Falun Gong prisoners in a concentration camp in Northeast China and that their bodies had then been cremated. Thousands. To, to destroy the evidence. Exactly. Yeah. If you cremate. Oh, yep. Okay. Jesus. That's what I figured. So, because cremation is not, it's not common, common in China. No. Mm-hmm. And this. So that's a group choice. is super like spiritual. It's a religion, ostensibly. So it's a religion that's a lot about the body and like meditative and connection to the earth physical practices so it's like even more insulting Mm -hmm. and who knows if one of their stipulations is to not burn your body after death i don't know i'm pretty sure it is i'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure they're intactivists okay (laughs) okay intactivist only applies to Fast afferens. The, the scrotal movement. <laughs> anyway. Scrotal. You know what you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, yes. yes. Intact. <laughs> I am an intactivist. Right word, but I love it. <laughs> Leave my foreskin alone. <laughs> Falun Gong, like we said, is a religious movement. It was founded in China in the early 1990s. The name roughly translates to Dharma Wheel Practice, and it has been described as a mixture of Taoist and Buddhist principles. It involves intense meditation practices, breathing exercises, and like Tai Chi, sim- like similar to Tai Chi practices. There's a photo on the drive of like, they they have special sacred poses that they stand in, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not an expert. 
Falun Gong claims to focus on the central tenets of truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance. And at first, actually, the Communist Party was okay with Falun Gong existing because they're like, whatever, they're peaceful. They just want to, like, meditate and stretch in parks. Mm -hmm. Go do your thing. Right. But then there were 70 million practitioners of this religion within, like, a decade Mm. And that was more than the number of Communist Party official members. So they felt overrun or outnumbered, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. Yes. So according to Matthew Robertson, a PhD student in Chinese politics, quote, Falun Gong had no political ambitions. But if you claim that your body and your beliefs are your own and that you have a right to follow those beliefs, then in China that is seen as an implicitly like political claim. Yep. Got it. Okay. Or in any red state in the U.S. if you yeah. have a female body. Okay, it's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> or or a trans, trans or, body. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. or a body that a isn't male and white. Yeah. There's right. organs that the, that the governing body doesn't agree with. Mm-hmm. 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 So then on April 25th, 1999, approximately 10,000 Falun Gong practitioners gathered for a demonstration outside Communist Party headquarters in Beijing. And at first it was just, it was, it was totally peaceful and tame. Mm. They literally sat there meditating. They collected all their garbage when they left the square. Mm-hmm. It was totally peaceful. But just the simple fact that like 10,000 people could gather in the center of Beijing and the authorities didn't know it was coming. Mm. Yeah, was a big scary threat to the government spooked them this is less than two or less than 10 years after Tiananmen Square Mm -hmm. freaked him out so suddenly Falun Gong is like not okay so two months after the demonstration the government created the 610 office which is a quote shadowy extrajudicial security agency focused on eliminating the threat of Falun Gong they got like their own mini KGB to go after them basically yeah Mass arrests followed. They start holding Falun Gong practitioners in like repurposed sports stadiums, which will be very familiar to anyone who's like studied World War II. Mm -hmm. Yuck. I was thinking Hurricane Katrina, but. Oh, well, in in World War II in France, the, the first one of the first sites that they like the Nazis brought Jews to was a. Sports stadium in the middle of Paris, mm-hmm. and they held them there for like several days before they deported them to to camps. Mm-hmm. Gross. With like no food or water. Yep. So there are show trials. There's a ton of propaganda. The government is all in against Falun Gong and saying they're an evil cult and whatever. Okay, according to investigative journalist Ethan Gutman, who published a 2004 book called The Slaughter, Mass Killings, Organ Harvesting, and China's Secret Solution to Its Dissident Problem. By the mid-2000s, there were between 450,000 and 1 million Falun Gong imprisoned in re-education camps. Oh, dear. Psychiatric hospitals and black jails. Ooh, like black sites? Yeah. Ooh. Jails that... I don't know what that is. Black sites are what... The U.S. government created around in different countries to hold terrorism suspects. Uh, they also but, had, well, arguably, but basically, them in the 2020 protests. But you remember the videos of like mm. 
random SUVs just snatching up yep. protesters. Yeah, yeah. And they would it's, go into warehouses where there was like no cell phone service. Mm-hmm. It was totally mm-hmm. blocked off. It's fucking scary. Yeah. And they're yeah. government operated places. Places yeah. to detain people. To and isolate that, them. That aren't right. on paper. That that the, the, the public and media aren't supposed to know exist. Right. Wow. So this was the context for these two whistleblowers, Peter and Annie, who made these claims of mass organ harvesting of Falun Gong people because there were a, half a million to a million Falun Gong people in concentration camps. A lot of fucking people. Yeah. yeah. A lot of corneas. Mm-hmm. So initially there was widespread skepticism of these claims just because they're such big claims. Right. The numbers are huge. Yeah. And because they appeared in a far-right newspaper called the Epoch Times, which is based in New York City, and it's affiliated with Falun Gong, and it's far-right, and it's weird, and does create a lot of misinformation. Mm-hmm. So at first, the claims were like, well, if it's coming from this newspaper, it can't be right, but like, yeah. let's look into it. So several investigative journalists not affiliated with that newspaper began to see if they could independently verify these claims. So some investigators made phone calls to Chinese hospitals pretending to be prospective transplant recipients, mm-hmm. being like, hey, can I make an appointment mm-hmm. to get this? And like, how does this work? You know, where do you get the kidney from? And just see yeah. like what people tell you. Or they would pretend to be organ brokers. Mm-hmm. And then they would ask specifically about the availability of Falun Gong organs. And some mm. would say like that they preferred Fallen gong organs because they like take good care of their bodies. Yeah, because okay. like a lot of them were like vegans. They didn't mm-hmm. drink. They exercised a lot. They meditated. They were you know low stress. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I am so safe from the organ trade. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm gonna keep up. I'm protecting myself. So <laughs> several of these phone self preservation. Yeah. Several of these phone calls resulted in recorded admissions that organs were being procured from Falun Gong prisoners. Now, whether or not this is a legit admission or it's just a salesperson being like, yeah, we can get you some Falun Gong. You want Falun Gong? We can get you Falun Gong. (laughs) I can see it both ways, but they have people on tape saying. Right. Confirming. We'll get you you Falun Gong, whatever, kidneys and corneas. Mm -hmm. I got a guy. I got so this, this oh, author, Ethan Gutman, interviewed dozens of former Chinese prisoners, including 16 Falun Gong practitioners, in order to test the veracity of the anonymous claims. Many described undergoing unusual medical tests that seemed primarily concerned with assessing the health of their internal organs. Weird. One man, a Falun Gong practitioner named Wang Xiaohua, described how he and 20 other Falun Gong detainees were taken to a hospital where they had large quantities of blood drawn, in addition to urine samples and abdominal Mm x-rays. Although most of the men had physical injuries that they had received while in custody, the hospital staff gave them no treatment for these. So they were literally just there to be tested. Yep. And they weren't given any treatment for their injuries. Diagnosis... No therapy. Diagnosis, wait it out, let them die, take their organs, potentially. Well, we don't give a shit if you have a broken leg. Yeah. You know? Like, we don't, we don't fucking We're care. here for your kidney. Right. Ish. Yeah. Wow. 
So the story was echoed with eerie similarity in several other interviews, and those people didn't know each other, so they were just, you know, corroborating what each said. Mm -hmm. Although the Chinese government adamantly denied harvesting organs from any political as opposed to criminal prisoners. So they were like, no, we just, just the ones that are on death row. It's like, yeah, we're murderers. still harvesting, but only from these folks. Yeah. Well, that's what they, that's what their little outline said. Right, right. That's we're what they We're doing it the say. way we promised we would do it. And what do you care if, you as know. As you're getting If it's a corner. murderer, you know, mm -hmm. that's what they, you know. So the international community began to accept as truth that the Falun Gong were being targeted in this manner. In July of 2014, the Foreign Affairs Subcommittee of the U.S. House of Representatives unanimously adopted a resolution condemning all this shit. Whatever. I'm not going to read it because it's bullshit. It has no teeth. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. In response to the resolution, a Chinese embassy spokesperson declared, quote, the so-called organ harvesting from death row prisoners is a total lie fabricated by Falun Gong. So just denying it. And then they also accused American lawmakers of supporting and conniving with Falun Gong. Mm. China's denial that they were taking organs from the Falun Gong did receive some international support. A 2017 Washington Post article claimed to have disproved the story by the in, by investigating the amount of immunosuppressant drugs being used in China, mm. which are necessary for organ transplants. So they were like, mm. well, let's see. Does this trace or mm -hmm. track? Yeah. So the article found that it was, quote, not plausible that the Chinese government was carrying out a massive secret organ, organ harvesting operation because China's share of the global demand for immunosuppressants did not support it. So the mm -hmm. immunosuppressants are for the recipients. Recipient. Mm -hmm. So they don't reject this new organ. Correct. But, but let's go back to that claim of if if at first you don't succeed. Try, try again. We'll do another surgery. And if individuals outside, like if people are, like you said, traveling for like to organ tourism. Bring your own. Then Maybe they brought you're their own. Not getting immunosuppressants, like yeah, necessarily from China. Yeah, because mm -hmm. all you'd need is like a little bit. Because the immunosuppressants, as as I understand, are, is a treatment that you do for like weeks and weeks after your surgery. So mm -hmm. after you go home, you get it from your doctor at home or whatever. Mm -hmm. And also, who's be to that say to, that to China can't manufacture their own fucking immunosuppressants? Exactly. Without or taking just from not the global have it on the supply. Books. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's not, it would not be hard. The to... red string is forming in my mind's mm -hmm. eye here, people. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe all of the immunosuppressants are part of the simulation and the space needle is hoarding them. We're on to something. <laughs> all right. However, in 2018, an independent inquiry called the China Tribunal was held in London to investigate the murder of Chinese political prisoners and the harvesting of their organs. The tribunal ultimately concluded that, quote, official transplant statistics in China are routinely falsified, just like mm -hmm. every other statistic in China, and that instead of performing 10,000 operations as claimed, the real figure is between 60,000 and 90,000 a year. It's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot when yeah. fewer than 100 people voluntarily donate Yep. Each year. Yeah. Big discrepancy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, like we, like I said at the top, we don't know how many people are executed mm -hmm. like on death row every year, but it is not between 60 and 90,000. Mm -mm. It's like closer to 20,000, mm -hmm. maybe fewer. 
just a, which is still crazy a fucking huge lot. number. All but of it's it. a, but it's a, but it's a big number. discrepancy. It's, right. It's not enough to compensate for all of the the don't the, the transplants that are being done. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it doesn't explain where these fucking organs are coming from. Right. It found that the main source of these organs were Falun Gong, but that Uyghurs, mm-hmm. a mostly Muslim minority, up to 1.5 million of whom are incarcerated in China, were at risk of becoming the next organ bank. And I wondered. Quote. Yeah, because that's been escalating. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. And also the Uyghur, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Falun Gong members are more like, I'm going to opt into this, whereas Uyghurs is more of like a cultural thing. Like yeah, you, you Uyghurs are, is, is, is both it's ethnic a minority. and religious. It's like mm-hmm. an ethnic and religious minority. They are Muslim. Mm-hmm. They look different than Han Chinese. They have different practices. They live or they were living in their own region in Xinjiang. You can't just mm. opt out of being a Uyghur as you no, could right. potentially opt out of being a member of Falun Gong. Right. Mm. Yep. It's also very identified. You also can't escape being labeled yep. a yeah. Uyghur. Mm-hmm. Although the 1999 crackdown against Falun Gong was at the time considered to be the worst instance of religious pers- persecution in China since the Cultural Revolution... It has been far overshadowed by the crackdown against Uyghur Muslims in the province of Xinjiang, which is ongoing, and it is genocide. It's mm-hmm. hideous. It's so fucking gross. It's it's absolutely genocide. Mm-hmm. As many as 1.5 million of this minority group have been held prisoner in China's northwest since 2017. Human rights groups have voiced grave concern about the treatment of Uyghurs, and stories have emerged of them being subject to medical testing— Similar to that being practiced on Falun Gong prisoners, there's also been forced sterilization of Uyghur women, mm-hmm. re-education camps, concentration camps, like stealing of property. It's genocide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So that's my case. Yeah. Wow. What a great spot <laughs> to end. Um, so don't, I'm speechless. Like, obviously, Ooh. I have the privilege of currently in my body not requiring... An organ, an organ transplant to survive. You never know. I mean, who knows? Literally never know. Well, yeah. But that being said, please do not go to China to get an organ transplant. Be a conscientious organ consumer. Yes. We'll get to it. Okay. Being oh a con- kind of. My case is very different from yours. Shock okay. local. Extremely different. But also, I think we'll spark some fascinating conversations. So I'm, I'm curious your okay. feedback. Yeah. Cool. I'm excited to get wow, to it. Wow, that was fucking horrific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew well a lot of that, but Jesus, when you just list it all in one spot, you're like, oh, fucking crazy. Right. And there's so and much more to say. Like, honestly, right. that barely scratches the surface yeah. of the right. cornea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and it's so scary, too, <laughs> because, yeah, barely scratch the cornea. Um, <laughs> we do not want to scratch cornea. Mm-mm. With Ouch. conflict, you know, both here and abroad, like, Every government participates in this sort of like hierarchy of crisis to get you to look over here and then not look over here. Mm-hmm. And so it, when we talk about situations like this, it can become really overwhelming. And like I, I walk away from these moments feeling like pretty nihilistic where it's like, well, there's so much wrong and it's where so overwhelming. Like, where do you even fucking start? One of and the so things- I guess. That we did, I mean, we don't have that much in savings or investments or retirement, but we have some. 
-hmm. right? And so we told our investment people who Mm -hmm. decide what to buy on the stock market because I don't fucking know. Right. Absolutely no Chinese companies. Right. We said it was okay for like companies based outside of China that operate in China because then it's like Apple and like literally Mm -hmm. everything. So we were like, that's okay. But we were like, no Russia, no China, um, no oil and gas, you know, just trying to make sure that like our investments are not supporting genocidal regimes. Yeah. Right. Consider divesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are tangible steps that can be taken and – and those yeah, steps look different for everybody. For everyone, yeah. It's right. just a, it's just a scary thought. So I expressed it because I was feeling it. It's, it's pretty overwhelming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go plant a tree real quick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll go plant a tree quick and uh, be right back to go into my case. Perfect. All right. It's springtime, and that means everyone's in the mood for some spring cleaning. Well, mm. not maybe not literally, but but. We're told that we should be in the mood for spring cleaning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. So that's not only just like wiping down your windowsills and like taking stuff to Salvation Army, but it's also like... I have to do both of those things. I know. I'm sorry. I just made you a list. That's okay. But it's also like decluttering your head because Mm -hmm. it's been a very long, very grueling winter Stuff has happened. Mm-hmm. And you've got, maybe you got some cobwebs up there. Maybe you got stuff you just got to get off your chest. So there's something. Off. Yeah, there's something really rejuvenating about getting down to what's essential and starting fresh. So, like I said, the same goes with your mind. Over the years, thoughts and emotions can build up. And that's why it is so important to talk to someone who is trained to help you declutter your mental space because it's just as important, if not more, than your physical space. And sometimes taking the first step. Towards getting help can be scary, but it really doesn't have to be because I know you're texting all day. I know you got Mm -hmm. that phone in your hand or in your pocket, and that is literally how you get started on Talkspace. Like, it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be intimidating. It is just sending a text to your therapist. It's amazing. So no matter where you are in your mental health journey, you can just talk to a therapist who's trained to help they have, you know, specialties in all different kinds of, of issues that somebody might be facing. So depression, anxiety, even like eating disorders. I mean, they, they're licensed therapists. They're trained to help. Mm-hmm. And it just makes such a huge difference. And Talkspace like takes some of the pressure off taking that first step. So you don't have to like find a therapist who's physically in your area and like figure mm-hmm. out the parking situation at their office and schedule it and make room in your busy schedule. No, it, Talkspace is more flexible, it's convenient, and it's an affordable way to get high quality care. My husband uses Talkspace literally while he's walking on the treadmill. So he just kills mm-hmm. two birds with one stone. He does his workout and he does his like mental workout with his therapist at the same time because he's a busy guy. So if thoughts and emotions are piling up, a fresh perspective can help you feel better. Match with your dedicated therapist today at Talkspace.com and use promo code GALS during sign up to get $100 off your first month. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code GALS, and treat your brain. Treat it. It can be hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel when you have high interest debt. 
like especially high interest credit card debt. And mm-hmm. sometimes it can be even harder to ask for help. I know because I've been there. Uh, mm-hmm. That is where Upstart comes in. Absolutely. Upstart powered personal loans can help you pay down high interest debt all online with simple and easy to understand payment terms. Upstart has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path to financial freedom, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses. Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score. So rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart's model considers the other factors like your income, employment, and other information provided in your loan application to find you a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000 without impacting your credit score. And you can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. So don't wait and check your rate today at upstart.com slash gals. That's upstart.com slash G-A-L-S to check your rate today. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash gals and treat your debt. Treat it. Are you ready for my case? Yeah. I don't know. Kenyon scared me. It's not, it's nothing like that, really. I mean, yeah, it's really not. Like, so this case is very fascinating to me. It's morally and ethically gray. So I'm excited to have a discussion about it. Okay. So I'm going to do my best not to completely unravel over the predatory and deadly healthcare system that we have here in the United States. Literally the worst of all worlds. Yep. (laughs) It's deeply flawed. It targets the poor and the working class and people of color. And we simply do not treat basic human health and survival as a birthright. And we notice. Okay. Mm -hmm. So on top of access disparities in healthcare, even if you do have great insurance and a great care team, getting an organ is a process. And even those who qualify as high priority for the most common transplant procedures, which are kidneys, fewer than half of those priority patients even get on the wait list. So, like, you have to go through a series of tests to become eligible to receive a, Mm -hmm. a, a transplant. And then a lot of people will pass those tests and be priority patients and able to receive a transplant and have a, pro, a projected they quality of life. waitlisted for the waitlist, basically? Like it's there's like, a I, that backup, was really, backup, backup waitlist? I think so, but that was really hard for me to understand, too. The The information I find was that they just don't make it on the waitlist. Like, the, it, it, I assume they're waiting to get on the waitlist somehow. Right. But they just, they're not on it. I wow. think, yeah, it, it, it depends on, like, the severity of your... Yeah, but that's the whole point, is that you will, there, there's a very specific test for like exactly already, that. They've already been deemed and they priority. Have, yeah, they've already been through all of that, and they still don't make it on okay. the wait list. Like, that's the, that's the problem. Hmm. So researcher Jesse Schold of the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio conducted a study to discover this discouraging result and noted that these patients who don't make it on the list were all great candidates and likely to do very well after receiving a transplant, but by the time they finally make it onto the list, many of them no longer qualify. So their condition worsens. Yeah. School, that sucks. That it's really fucking, fucking sad. It's fucking catch-22. It's like, do you want to prioritize the people that 
are in good enough condition that they are most likely to be successful and live mm-hmm. live a robust life. I mean, or- you kind of have like the 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 process of qualification already includes that. Yeah. Like it does include but then the it just takes anticipated so long. the anticipated survival and quality of life because as you were getting to, they're not going to prioritize a candidate for such a uh, like you don't want to waste a kidney item. on someone who who might Who's probably not going to have a good chance of survival after in the long term after the procedure, which is really fucking sad to think about. Right. But it makes sense. Yeah. If a child with their whole like who's going to bounce back and have their whole life ahead of them versus like someone in their 90 year old woman who like might survive it. But, you know, it's like this would be and it's not that black and white. Then it's not. Then you start to get more and more into the gray. Exactly. At the end of the day, you're going to be comparing two very similar people and deciding which one lives and which one Literally identical. I mean, it would be fucking hell to be responsible for whatever this approval process is, because it will. I'm certain that applicants have like identical criteria, and a lot of it is just like, what's who's a match? When when can we access right an organ? Like, there's so much to it. First. Exactly. There's a lot to it. So, quote, uh, Schold or Scold's team found of dialysis patients, 61% fell out of the top 20% group within 30 months. And as seen through U.S. healthcare, there were disparities. Black patients and those from low-income groups were less likely to be waitlisted. So they just don't make it on the list at all. Even while controlling for other factors or? Yep. Jesus. Yep. Fucking great. So obviously some of this delay is also attributed to availability of the organ. Like I'm not saying that it's all the healthcare system's fault by any means, but a broken system only further fucks with an already challenging situation. So Mm -hmm. it just, it's bad. And this list won't be shortening anytime soon. Quote, kidney transplant is considered the best option for most people with end stage kidney disease or kidney failure. Currently, more than 90,000 Americans are on the donor kidney wait list, according to the United Network for Organ Sharing, the nonprofit that manages the nation's donor organ system. So if you think about 90,000 Americans that made it onto that list. Right. And then an additional, you know, what's half of 90,000? For 45,000. There's probably roughly 45,000 people who qualified to as under the criteria of becoming a recipient who are not on the list at all. At any given time. At any given time. Oh, God. That's too too many people. Yeah. So we have a need, and there are individuals out there who find ways to fill it. So in 2007, the World Health Organization did research and came up with an estimation that 5 to 10% of kidney transplants use illegal organs Purchased via organ trafficking in the United States. Five to ten percent. Yep. Oh. And this number is an estimation and likely far smaller than the reality, as these deals are brokered in underground channels that are often not caught and certainly not reported. Oh, so it's probably a lot more. Fucking god. Do, are they faking paperwork so that we'll get to it. doctors don't know, or <laughs> they we'll have in secret surgeries? Oh, Google that shit. God. We'll get to it. Give me a kidney. It's nuts. So enter Levy Isaac Rosenbaum. This is a man who referred to himself as a matchmaker and quote, the Robin Hood of kidneys. Uh, 
Listen, this is where things get gray because capitalism, like this man made a lot of money off of the kidney trade. We are not arguing that. In 2011, he admitted to brokering deals on three kidneys, though it was definitely more than that. And we don't know exactly how many more, but this is what they had proof for. When talking about his assets and how long he was in this business, you do the math. It was a lot that he purchased from folks in fairly dire financial need, living abroad for around $10,000 US per kidney, which is like a lot of money for. In certain contexts, it's a lot of money. In other contexts, it's not. It's not. Correct. And then selling them to folks here in the United States for $100,000 plus a piece. But you can't just buy a kidney off the street or on Craigslist. So you probably can. You probably can. But (laughs) not a quality kidney. Right. This is mostly happening through like hospitals and quote unquote legal medical channels. Abroad. Brought to the U.S. Right, right. This says, quote, it's a complex process, explains Monir Maniruzaman. He's a professor of anthropology at Michigan State University and an expert in illegal organ trafficking. Quote, tissue typing has to be matched. Papers are forged. Recipients and sellers will have forged passports claiming that they are family members. And it's happening in established medical centers. So, okay, so basically they're like, hey, my brother-in-law in in Turkey donated his kidney to me. My cousin. Yep. When can we get this surgery scheduled? It is legal to consent to living donation of, say, a kidney or... I I have a friend who gave a kidney to a stranger. She's, like, an incredible person. But... I know someone who gave a kidney to her her best friend. Yeah. But also... You don't get paid for it. That's where it's... You can't... True. You can't sell it. That's where it gets illegal in the U.S. Also, if it's, like, your sibling, there's a higher chance that you have the same... Blood type, yeah. Exactly. If you bring in a donor, do you get bumped up on the waiting list? Like, say you have a sister who wants to donate, but then you're not the tissue match, and then she donates, and then you get bumped up to get a stranger's one? Uh, Uh, I don't think That's called match pairing, and um, our beautiful fan picker told me about that. that. Yes, it is called... Hold on, let me get to it. That's really cool. I figured that that wouldn't be the case, but... It's really neat. It's like you can't have this one, but since you're sourcing a kidney, we'll bump you up to get your kidney. Yeah, so like your sister is donating her kidney to you, but it's actually going to be somebody else's kidney and they get hers. So this is called a paired donation. So kidney paired donations uh, matches one incompatible donor and recipient pair to another pair with a complementary incompatibility so that the donor of the first pair gives the recipient of the second and vice versa. Interesting. So that is a, that is a thing. It's called a paired donation. And that is, makes sense. Like, if you are filling a need yeah, it's in just, that capacity, I, I mean... It's anyway. a weird workaround. It's so wild. Yeah. yeah, but then in that, in the paired... So I think I got it a little bit wrong because in the paired sense, it's a direct swap. It's not getting bumped up the wait list. It's like it's not literally. Getting bu- yeah. I think I think that means you can bypass the wait list entirely because you're not waiting right. anymore. Right. right. You're swapping. You yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you again to our fan picker. Yeah. To Tammy. Cutthroat. So Levy, who is living in Brooklyn, and I believe still lives in Brooklyn, uh, would purchase the kidneys and then sell them to hospitals to then use in patients in need of transplants. So, quote, the transplants took place at top U.S. hospitals, including at the Albert Einstein Medical Center in Philadelphia. 
Assistant U.S. Attorney Mark McCarran said Rosenbaum engaged in the practice for up to a decade and made millions by, this is their quote, exploiting desperate recipients and paying donors paltry sums. I think a little bit of that is overblown because it's like, this is a this is a U.S. attorney that was like working on this case. But, well, I so mean, the, the, the paltry sum is different. Right. is is quite stark. Vastly big. Yeah. And, yeah. and someone is donating an organ. And so yep. if you were doing it on a nonprofit basis. Right. It'd be one thing. Exactly. But he's The capitalism not. is is the part that I'm like. His profit oh, margin is much better than ours. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. Those uh, fucking patriarchy leggings are not cheap to make. No, let me tell you. No, we've. Barely make any money off of merch. We eat a lot of costs that we, y'all don't have to we pay. We made a deal for you. A hundred yeah. grand on a kitty. So I'm going to be pulling a lot of this next section directly from court records in this case because they simply like explain it better than I can how this was done. So manner and means. It was part of this conspiracy that defendant Rosenbaum would arrange for the recipient to provide him with a blood sample to enable him and his co-conspirators to locate a suitable donor who is willing to sell their kidney. So if you need one, you come with the paperwork. This is my blood type. This is my blah, blah, blah. Can you find me a kidney? Mm -hmm. It was further a part of this conspiracy that a co-conspirator would locate and identify a suitable donor willing to sell his or her kidney, their kidney, based on the blood sample provided to the defendant by the recipient. So if you're a match and you're consenting to this, Mm -hmm. we will make the arrangements. Mm -hmm. The defendant would assist the donor and the recipient to coordinate a cover story to mislead hospital personnel into believing the donation of the kidney was a purely voluntary act and not a commercial transaction. Mm -hmm. Because this is where the aforementioned illegal documents will often come into play because folks will have fake IDs drawn to impersonate a relative Mm -hmm. or even like a close friend, you know, Mm -hmm. like just someone somewhere Mm -hmm. who is a match and this is my relationship with this person. And this is why I want to give out of the kindness of my heart and I'm definitely Mm -hmm. not getting paid. Mm. Yep, precisely. So he was successfully broking deals like this for over a decade and was finally caught by a female undercover agent who posed as a woman seeking a kidney for her sick uncle in 2006. With the help of a witness who was aware and party to Levy's business deals, communication began. So basically this witness agreed to be a rat for the feds Mm -hmm. to get out of jail time because they were like part of the match process. Mm -hmm. Like they were out there. They were aware of all the shit. Correct. They were an active participant in helping Levy Rosenbaum find matches. Mm -hmm. Like they were a middleman. So the three parties began their communications in 2006. So the rat, the undercover buyer Mm -hmm. and Levy. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until 2008 that the process moved into the next steps because he's not harvesting organs unwilling from people. You still have to find the right match match who's willing and then negotiate the price. Yep. Yep. So it wasn't until 2008 when things could actually start moving forward. So in 2008, Levy instructed the undercover buyer to send a partial payment for the kidney totaling $50,000. These payments would be made out to a third party to essentially launder it to make it untraceable. Was the total cost for the kidney 50 grand or the partial? No, we'll, we'll get Sounds to the Sounds like a cost. deposit. That's a partial payment. Yep. Levy also set up a time to meet with the buyer in February of 2008. So the buyer went to Levy's home in Brooklyn later that same week, accompanied by the rat, the third party rat. <laughs> 
At this meeting, Levy God. informed the buyer that he could indeed procure a kidney for her uncle and that the price would be $150,000, partially to be paid to the consenting donor. And partially for him. Mm-hmm. In another in-person meeting a few weeks later, to go over details, the buyer, the undercover cop, expressed concern of the legality of the transaction and getting caught to get him to talk mm-hmm. so they could record what he said. Mm-hmm. And Levy assured her that he was well aware this was an illegal transaction, but that he would make arrangements for a cover story that would make the transaction appear legitimate. Mm-hmm. So he's also ha- making at least brokering deals for and the paperwork paid for paperwork, falsified documents, laundering money. Like it's it, there's a lot of illegal shit that goes into buying a kidney. Yeah, apparently. By August 2008, Levy had accepted four checks totaling $10,000 each as payment installments for the kidney. These transactions considered for a year, and in July of 2009, Levy informed the undercover buyer that a kidney match had been found and that they were ready for harvest, basically, and that a colleague would be bringing blood samples and pertinent medical information to the donor for final cross-check. So, like, from the recipient to the donor mm-hmm. for a final check before the, proce- the harvesting matches. procedure. Yep. To make sure everything's right. He also upped his rate from the original 150000 to 160000 for reasons not listed in court records. But, like, inflation, y'all. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you got him maybe on the hook. Came what up. are they going to do? Walk away at that point over ten grand? Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> So that same month... You should be a realtor. Right? (laughs) That same month, Levy met up with the undercover buyer to get the blood sample and information that his colleague needed to obtain the kidney. He did not get samples, but he did get handcuffs. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Handcuffs? That's where handcuffs come in. Got it. So from the New York Times, quote, the arrest was part of a sweeping federal case that became the largest corruption sting in New Jersey history, involving charges of international money laundering and bribery of municipal officials. So all of that's going to circle back to document forgery and who is getting a lot of people are getting caught in kidneys. Yeah. I mean, you've been doing this for over a decade and you think that like wealthy, powerful people who don't want to be on a fucking medical wait list aren't participating in this because this isn't just people who don't qualify. It's also people who get on the wait list, but just don't want to wait. They can buy themselves out. People don't wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They do not wait. Yep. But before we let Levy Rosenbaum be painted as like the supervillain of this story, and there certainly are a lot of villains in the literal trafficking of human organs, like see Kenyon's case. It's definitely exploitative too to like yep. offer a desperately poor person. It is. It's uh, deeply fucking wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Levy's approach was not the same as we've come to see in movies and media and actually more commonly in the trafficking trade. Yeah, he wasn't so kidnapping it, people. Correct. So his defense team was quick to highlight the fact that Levy never solicited or coerced organ donation from abroad and that all donors were able to provide informed consent to the procedures and transactions. The harvesting procedures as well as implantation, like the actual transplant procedures themselves, were done by trained medical professionals in a medical setting, Mm -hmm. and his donors were not left to die or left unpaid in the process, which are two unfortunate outcomes that are very common in the exploitative organ trade. Right. In Kenyon's case. Well, I mean, part of human trafficking is organ trafficking. Like, yeah, if somebody is, like Amanda said, being kidnapped or like, Mm -hmm. you know, the surgery is taking place in like a you know, non-medical facility or right. their care afterwards is not being taken into consideration. They can get infections, whatever, mm-hmm. or they're never paid, even though they're promised exactly. to be paid. That's all human trafficking. 
Mm-hmm. And that's basically what my next portion says. So it says, lots of times donors are destitute and willing to give the organ before they even get paid. So they'll get they'll go give do the surgery because they're so desperate. And and these fucking predators are like, well, once you deliver, right, then we'll pay you, right, and then they never get paid. And if they die, they just take way fucking more than you consented to giving. Mm-hmm. You consented to giving a kidney or a piece of a liver. And if you die on the table, great. Then now they got some other shit. Yeah, now I've got your eyes. I've got your lungs. Like, <laughs> all this shit. No, I mean, it's true, though. I this know. Is like, it's, this is real. It's crazy. And if they do survive, they can't afford aftercare treatment. Mm-hmm. And they are not being provided with it in most cases. Mm-hmm. So, like, again, I want to make something very clear. I'm not fucking condoning this. Like, no. in any way, shape, or form. This is where I do get some complicated feelings about this case. Because, like, my frustration and anger really isn't even with Levy Rosenbaum at all. Who, of all of the folks profiting from the illegal organ trade, is actually trying to, like, get paid. Yes. But also not leave desperate donors or desperate recipients to die. And if the healthcare system was more equitable, this wouldn't even be a fucking market in such desperate need of filling. It would still be a challenging situation. Wait, I think I th- like it gets gray when you start talking about numbers. Like everyone has yeah. their price, and right. we as Americans in you know 2022 can mm-hmm. agree that like 10 grand for a kidney. Is probably not enough. It's not a lot of money, no. But like, what if people were getting paid a million dollars for a kidney? Would and it, we'll would it get then to that. be okay? We'll kind of get to that. Right. So this is obviously a, this like underground organ market is obviously a really fucking dangerous alternative. And if it's not done with the utmost care, it can be a huge public health issue as well as deadly and exploitative. Mm -hmm. So Levy's defense stated that, quote, the transplants were successful and the donors and recipients are now leading full and healthy lives. In fact, because of the transplants and for the first time in many years, the recipients are no longer burdened by the medical and substantial health dangers associated with dialysis and kidney failure. It's, so like, it's similar to and financial danger. Anytime right. you have illegal medical procedures going on, mm-hmm. the risks are really huge. It sounds like in this case, it's it's like, you know, it's like when abortion, well, now we're yep. back to it, when abortion was illegal. Yep. And, you know, I'm sure that there were some doctors who like took great pains, care. Mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that their patients were okay and then their patients were okay and 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 they were okay at the end of it and everybody went on to have, like, happy lives. But mm-hmm. then there are others who don't and they fall yep. through the cracks. Anytime, the thing too, anytime like, there's a moral gray area, there's going to be people exploiting always. this. Yeah, always. So, but, you know, frankly, if you're going to get a black market kidney, Levin, Levy Rosenbaum is, he like, delivers. the one to go to because he's not going to set you up to fail. He delivers. So obviously the U.S. attorney for New Jersey who was prosecuting this case (laughs) did not agree with this approach. Uh Uh-oh. He also makes very good points. And as I often say, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. So he said in court that, quote, a black market in human organs is not only a grave threat to public health, it reserves life-saving treatment for those who can best afford it at the expense of those who cannot. And yes, As people who are finally seeing the destructive nature of capitalism, pointing at myself, this is obviously an issue. But the system we have now is already built to prioritize the wealthy and the privileged who can have access to it. So, like, this argument also kind of makes me laugh because, like, 
if th- this man broke the law and he needs to be accountable for that, Our I'm not disagreeing. Our already completely, completely wrapped up in, in yes. capitalism and what That's you what can't saying. afford. So this guy, this fucking lawyer is getting on a soapbox to like posture your prosecution right. on the morality of access to these procedures. Then maybe <laughs> you should be taking the existing system to court because th- all this is a privatized version of this is just a privatized underground version of what we're already fucking doing. It's just our current system kind of yes. exacerbated, <laughs> sped up a little privatized. bit. Privatized. It's quite literally exactly the same. Yeah. Just one person's getting really rich in what we're calling this one illegal, oh, but yeah. don't do the oh same God. shit through a hospital because and it's he's not, not Humana, right? He's what exactly. pun mana. That's where I'm like this. <laughs> yeah, this is where I get into the gray area of this whole thing because I'm like, I can't be mad at fucking Levy. Fuck you. He's just doing what fucking the healthcare system is doing, trying to do, and get and hanging out in his $2 million house in like Brooklyn. there are a lot of parallels with, like, international surrogacy. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. domestic mm-hmm. surrogacy, I think, is a little more equitable, although, you know, I don't know, I'm not involved in it, but international surrogacy, you know, you're, you're paid. You yep. got poor people in a different context where, like, the value of money is vastly different, mm-hmm. and you got wealthy Westerners. Americans, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, surrogacy and adoption even. Like, yep. et, uh, oh, yeah. all of it. The all difference it. with surrogacy, of course, is that, like, it's a regenerative process. You're not giving something that can't grow back. Like, you're, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah no, but I get what you're saying. It's all, but it's all, it's not one it's and gray. So are organs for to right. an extent. It's fucking What gray. am I trying to it's, say? It's like. I get what you're saying. It's not as much of a commodity because you can do it multiple times mm-hmm. right. in your capable you don't, body. You, don't you can only, only give one kid- kidney. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get what you're saying. It's it's just nuts. So that's where like my when I say I have complicated feelings about this case, that's why I have complicated feelings about this case. I'm not saying that what this man did was like heroic by any stretch of the imagination yeah. and it cracks me up to the he literally referred to himself as the robin hood of kidneys it's like you're making so much money like yeah. this is an exploitative racket but you so the is the american healthcare yeah. system exactly he's literally just found a way you're, to personally and illegally privatize an existing reframing system. the status quo yes exactly exactly literally it it's also just inevitable like, of course this is it is going to happen in yes. our system. Oh, yeah. and it's been happening for such a long yeah. time. I mean, this guy finally got caught or started to get caught in 2006, didn't go to court till 2009, and he'd already been doing this for a decade, over a decade. Right. And, and he's one of very few people probably globally trying to do it in a somewhat Yeah, it sounds safe like he actually way. got written. He gave a shit. Signed consent from these people. He yes. could be doing it like the Chinese government's doing right. it. <laughs> like, that's yeah. That's there what is I'm a saying. more profitable great, way to do it. Could have been worse. Yeah. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Yeah. So, quote: There is a serious organ shortage in the world. Again, said this expert, <laughs> Monir Maniruzaman. That is such quote, a bizarre sh- statement. I know, but it's true. I know it's so gross. We should be recycling more body parts, and bioengineering can be part of the solution too. There's no breakthrough yet, but these are our alternative ways forward. So basically, it's like this market is really only going to keep 
expanding as the global population expands. And if we are not investing in smart solutions, we're going to have many more uh, cases of trafficking that are on the darker side of things. There's an organ bubble. Right. The quick and dirty dark side of shit. (laughs) Become an organ donor. The yeah. fucking rumor that they're not going to try as hard to save your life if you're on the table. That's and they, and not true. Th- the doctors don't know if you're. They don't know. I have they never heard that. Care. That's gross. No, yeah. Yeah. that's not. Oh, they have no oh, idea. Oh, I've heard that from a bunch of people. Like, oh, mm-hmm. well, no. If I get in an accident and then they know, then they won't save me because someone needs a kidney. <laughs> no, that's not how it fucking works. Yeah. It's- like, Literally they don't even not. know you have a DNR, people. You just get plopped at a hospital and she, someone tries to and they try to save you your life. not die. You're a yeah. stranger. They try to save your life. That's literally mm. the whole The Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. As deep as the conspiracy runs, people. So oh there are many who support legalizing monetized organ trade, which would also incorporate oversight and regulation to ensure the safety and proper payment to consenting donors, providing aftercare, etc., So one such advocate told the Associated Press regarding this case that, quote, there are no victims here. The donors are happy. The recipients are happy. End quote. (laughs) I was like, okay, girl. Okay. But regardless of where you stand on this issue, the law is the law. And Levy Rosenbaum became the first person to be convicted by the feds for organ trafficking in the United States. He was sentenced to two and a half years in prison, which not much. No. And now, yep. Two and a half years. Worth it. How much money did he make? You could regenerate your well, liver in that time. I don't know an exact amount that he made, but he had to forfeit $450,000 in property because, again, he could only be brought up on charges for three traceable, mm-hmm. trackable kidney bro- brokerages mm-hmm. transactions. There were so many mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. that had been going Never on for came years. To light. That never came to light. Mm-hmm. That they that the the feds couldn't pin on him because mm-hmm. he did his fucking job right. So <laughs> he made a lot of fucking money, and he sold. So he had to forfeit four hundred fifty thousand dollars in property. He did end up selling his two million dollar home in Brooklyn, but not because he was forced to by the feds. It was like after they got out of jail. I he think like needed his wife. Probably didn't want to live there anymore because he kind of became a little bit famous in the neighborhood. <laughs> I would imagine a little bad juju in that house. Yep. And though he does have dual citizenship with Israel, he was not deported, quote, because federal immigration officials found that his crime was not one of moral turpitude that would have subjected him to being kicked out of the United States, end quote. Can't you get deported if, like, you're caught doing sex work? Yep. I think so. Jesus Christ. Because it's a a crime of moral turpitude. And sex work is just the devil's work. Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. God. So while he pleaded guilty to three counts in this trafficking case, authorities said he brokered many more kidney transplants and made millions from the deals. I mean, you can't have a $2 million like brownstone in Brooklyn without having a lot of money. His lawyer stated that, quote, if he was drugging the people or knocking them out to get their kidneys, that would have been a deportable offense. But that was not the case. Both participants were willing. He also made a great point in his closing argument saying that, quote, one could contend that letting somebody die because they couldn't get a kidney through, like, legal means is also immoral. Yeah, but the counterpoint to that is that these people mm-hmm. could have donated their kidneys yep. at any point, not for profit. Correct. And whatever. He could donate Correct. his own goddamn kidney. He absolutely could. True. I mean, I, Very I'm, true. listen, I'm going to be honest. I have respect for Levy Rosenbaum. I like. I it's not a bad man. business model. No, I'm like. I just. How, 
I'm like, I want a piece of this pie, sir, I th- and I want you to be my mentor, and I'm ready. I think <laughs> I think when I was younger, you wanted to go into the organ trade. I <laughs> I kind of saw the merits of like legalizing it and formalizing it and whatever. And like, if some people need the money, like they need the money. But now that I'm a little bit older, I've had oh, some yeah. health issues. You, I kind of realize like you don't know what. You might need that backup kidney. Well, and also, like, do I think that monetization and commodification of our bodies should be something that we have autonomy over? Yes. Like, sex work is real work. Mm-hmm. I, But I'm also... As I get older, and this this always reminds me of that meme that's like, you just wait. When you're in your mm-hmm. 40s, you'll have the same conservative, like, you'll lean conservative. And I'm like, no, the older I get, the more I'm like, burn everything down. Yeah. I'm an anti-capitalist. Yeah. But as I, as like my mind is opened more to capitalism, that's my big fear of creating a legalized monetization yeah. of, say, organ yeah. donation, because I just think, even with the positive sides of getting some sort of aftercare regulation, you know, like oversight, that would be great. But it just creates a legalized uh, economy right. in another area that is so gray and could still, you know, look fucking the Chinese government is exploiting people just because it's sanctioned by their government or has, quote unquote, government oversight does not make it safe and equitable and, like, good for the general population. And I certainly don't trust the American government to put together legislation and protocols to, like, monetize that trade and make it it work. A lot of people are desperately (laughs) poor because they have fucking medical debt. Yeah, exactly. The medical medical system here is already monetized and commodified, and it's fucking killing people. I think any industry, (laughs) any any industry where there's, like, a moral gray area, like sex Mm -hmm. work, like, uh, Drugs, mm-hmm. organ stuff, whatever. Uh, even you know it. Like we were talking about Podcasting. the I- I- intactivism of like yeah. being cremated or whatever after death. Like anything that seems personal to any given person is going to be really tumultuous in terms of um, legislating legislating it. Mm-hmm. And there's gonna yep. be issues down the road. And there's gonna be a whole lot of obstacles. Oh yeah. Even even diving in, stepping your putting your toes in that pond. And your your, your piggies. Like <laughs> piggy dip. Your piggy dip. Piggy dipping in the piggy pond. <laughs> the piggy pond. Uh, <laughs> that little toes in there. <laughs> and even if you do legalize fill in the blank, like we mm-hmm. have with some organ donation, mm-hmm. some sex work. Some, uh, you know, drug use, some of Mm -hmm. it is legal. It's there's always going to exist on whatever that spectrum is, wherever you put that line, even if it's quite far, there's Mm -hmm. still going to be people who exploit it and do it in a shady way and make it illegal. Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I told you I found it fascinating. I thought it was really interesting. And I had so many feelings while I was writing this. So I'm glad I got to get them all out today. I wish yeah. I had a $2 million home in Brooklyn, let me tell you. Fucking me too. Well, seems like you yeah. have a exact list jobs. of how to get that. 
brownstone. Yep. Nailed it. <laughs> we all know my my proclivity for science, so I don't oh, think yeah. that I would be the best. No, but you're a good businesswoman. You're good at Strike. organization, spreadsheets, mm-hmm. things like that. You can make sure that everybody has their proper forged yeah, documents do signed. The, the broker. Attention to detail. I could. I could. Yes. Yeah. You could totally do this. Uh, all right. I'm quitting the podcast, guys. Cool. Bye. Right, we'll, yes. we'll never see you again. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I want a fee for opening your okay. eyes. This possibly. opening your corneas. Opening your corneas. We yes. love you all. We'll talk to you next week. Maybe. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers. Cheers.